have ads on Skype. I, n- I never really pay attention to the screen that we talk on. Yeah. Damn it, there's another one. Holy shit. Mine Nothing just never goes away. Now. I just have uh, one that sits there the whole time. I bet you there's a buy button somewhere. Some premium account shit. Probably. I'm sorry if I'm smacking. I'm finishing up some fries. <laughs> some lukewarm, delicious fries. Um, <clears throat> have you ever paid for YouTube Red? Um, I don't think I paid for it itself. I think I paid for a individual movie. Ah. Either that or I had a trial to it when it was first yeah, coming made, out. I haven't made that jump yet. I think what an age we're living in where... No, I get I I get away from watching things on TV. Mm-hmm. I get away from seeing commercials because I don't watch TV, and then I go watch YouTube and I got commercials. Like yeah. You just can't you just can't get away from commercials. Chris, let me ask you a question. Yeah. When's the last time that you can recall in your life that you have seen a commercial or heard an ad over the radio and said, "I'm getting that," and went and did it? Um. Technically, the Assassin's Creed ads, but I already had it pre-ordered, so I don't think that counts. But it's usually no. something video game related, and I'm probably already going to buy it without seeing the commercial. Yeah. I can't think of anything, and I mean across the spectrum. Food, uh, appliance, gadget, beverage, anything where I've seen a commercial and said, oh yeah, that's it. That commercial sold me. And it makes me wonder in some weird way that I would never have the time to actually analyze and research how much advertisement actually paid. How big of a part of actual like consumer life commercials played back in the day? Mm-hmm. Like was that was that a thing for like our parents or our grandparents or great grandparents? Like they heard this little jingle over the radio and was like, "I'm gonna go buy some fucking cherry Mentos." You know, the radio, I don't think so much, but the TV, maybe. Um, yeah. Keeping in mind that you know the internet wasn't always there, you couldn't just go Google this product. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I can't think of any offhand, but I know there have been commercials where I've been like. I'm going to go Google that and see if it's really as interesting as it looks. Um, yeah. I know there's something. I mean, like beverages. Beverages and cars come to mind. Because oh, yeah. Coke commercials are still a thing to this day. They're a thing when the holiday season rolls around. They're a thing during the Super Bowl still. You know, Coke, Sprite, Pepsi, the, the whole nine yards. Yeah. And I can't, even when they've had like a special kind of of soft drink or drink period I can't recall a time where I've seen a commercial with somebody drinking like man I just they want me a ice cold coca cola right now that commercial got me I mean maybe some of the off flavors like when they do the uh, Mountain Dew flavors and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, they had the there's like four different ones you could get at one point. And you people were voting on them and stuff. Um, Have you ever bought a Halo Mountain Dew? E- yes. <laughs> that wasn't a trick question. I wasn't calling you out. I just want to know. 
since I think I've done. I think when Halo Three came around, and I yeah, I think so. I didn't like go buy a Mountain Dew just because Halo was on it. Oh, I was yeah, drinking yeah. Mountain Dew, and I was like, oh well, well that's cool. Yeah, that's that's usually how those movies slash game food or beverage tie-ins catch me. I'm like, I just happen to be getting it. It's like, oh, you guys put fucking Batman on the can. So cool. I will say that for the Destiny and Red Bull things, I actually bought Red Bull. I don't drink Red Bull. My energy drink of choice is Monster. But I specifically bought Red Bulls because they came with tabs. The tabs had codes on them for Destiny. Okay. Um, it was a experience boost, and this is when it was first releasing or mm. something like that. Um, I know they had Assassin's Creed actually has something, and I think it's still going on with Monster. So I bought two Monsters at our uh, PX here on base, and they were the wrong size. They still mm. had the picture. It looked identical to the cans with the codes, but it was a smaller can, and only the bigger one has the codes. I was so annoyed. I remember in high school, I used to drink some drink every day. I'm going to assume it was Coke. I don't think I really switched over to Dr. Pepper till I was in my 20s. But because I drank a Coke or a Pepsi damn near every day, they would always have the contests and you or the little, you know, look underneath your cap and yeah. get something. And this is before the codes, mind you, before you had to go, you know, online and register your fucking email mm-hmm. address and address and social security number and mother's maiden name. <laughs> and then you put a 20-digit code in for them to go, ah, fuck you, you didn't win shit. But I used to win free drinks all the time. All yeah, the time. Yeah, I remember all those. It's like, oh, before I leave the store, I'm going to open my cap just in case I got a free one. Do you remember Do you remember Pepsi, uh, Crystal Pepsi? Yeah. Did you like it? I don't think I ever drank it. Uh, okay. I mean, I'm, was... I'm sure I tried it, but I didn't. I, I wasn't, I've never really been a Coke or Pepsi fan. Mm-hmm. Um, Coke or Pepsi, really. Yeah, um, I've always preferred root beer and stuff like that, or Mountain Dew. Oh man, you, oh well, you and me remember them uh, cream soda. Yep. Root, I actually oh, had. Oh yeah. Every once in a while, I'll get a two liter <laughs> of that because I drink mostly root beer now. But every yeah. once in a while, I'll get a cream soda. Guys and gals, sit down for just a minute and just, just listen to the childhood that me and Chris had <laughs> a few times. Chill, nothing to do, no school. No guardians around. We would be at a. We would be at our great aunt and great uncle's house, and they would just leave us just to play games in a room alone with nothing to do, no chores, no special shit to do. So we had a Sega Genesis with it. With I don't know twenty, thirty something games, at nice least. TV, two controllers, music playing, and then this is back in we're talking the nineties here. So we had five dollars, which we took to a local store and bought a probably a four gallon bag worth of candy so we had all the candy we had uh food damn near delivered to us when it was time to eat and we had fucking snack cakes and cream soda root beer all day long and you can't beat that childhood nope now i I will grant you that yes there's kids outside playing baseball i'll grant you there's kids fishing there's there's kids studying there's kids doing all kind of things that kids do you gotta understand is different kids have different childhoods. This right here is just a little snippet of just 
This this was this is what life was. Like this is what it was about back then. Just stuffing your face full of candy and getting hopped up on fucking airheads and, and bark root beer cream soda and then playing Sonic Three and never fucking beating it but not really caring. Oh, man, good times. Sure was. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the end of time. I'm Michael. I'm Chris. And I am fat off some McDonald's because I am I am too lazy to go heat something up in the microwave. So you know what? We were talking about the McRib last mm-hmm. week. So we went out of town for Thanksgiving, and I said, you know what? We, I mentioned to you that we normally stop at McDonald's when we're out of town. So I was like, all right, I'm going to stop at McDonald's like normal, and I'm going to get a McRib or two. They didn't have them. Oh, wow. I was like, it figures. I, go, I stopped at the McDonald's. You know, it's not one of the ones that's carrying it right now. Mm-hmm. So I still haven't had a McRib. Uh, this episode of the In the Timecast, sponsored by McDonald's. McDonald's, <laughs> we may or may not have your shit. And we may or may get it wrong, even if we have it. <laughs> Deal with it, fuckers. Yeah, my burger was a little burnt. but it is I... I got two cheeseburgers tonight, and it definitely had the bun, definitely had the meat, definitely had the pickles, did not have the ketchup, which felt was a somewhat dry sandwich. Now, being given the industry I currently work in, and given that I deal with this shit every day from actual customers, I thought, well, I totally can just pull around. You just go back, and I'm sure they'll give me two more cheeseburgers, and I'm sure the manager on duty will check, make sure it's right. But I pick and choose my battles. Mm-hmm. Number one, it was me and not my wife. It was if it was my wife, I'm going inside, <laughs> not as an asshole, just because I, you know, I take care of my woman. Mm-hmm. But I, if if I'm really pissed off, like if I spend twelve dollars worth of something, and I'm really, really, really in the mood for that thing. I'll, I may go back. I may wait until I get home and make a call. Sometimes I just fucking don't. Yeah. Sometimes I just fucking move on with life. I'm not making a rant or a rave. It's it's fucking $2 out of my pocket. Yeah. Even if it was $4, man, I'm not going to fucking go in there and start throwing chairs and putting the manager in a headlock because they forgot two of my four pickles, you know? Yeah, it has to be something pretty bad for me to actually complain. <clears throat> you know, I'll... I'll make do unless it's you know a $50 dinner and then I might say something but I have been in the food service industry for close to a decade now and I have seen the highs and lows both as from a server perspective and from a manager perspective and it is just it is crazy I I will not fight them I will not dispute them I'm completely I'm completely talking outside of uniform off collar off message boards it blows my mind how ornery people get. And that's saying a easy word, a, a light word, how crazy people will yeah. get about food being wrong. It's just the articles you read online about <clears throat> these people going nuts. It's like, oh, they forgot my ketchup, so she went in and broke, you know, half the windows and wouldn't leave, you know. It's like, yeah. really? Over, you know. Or the I think there was one as this lady her chicken nuggets were one short of the pack she yeah. got, and that just she went ballistic. Yep, it, it's, and again I get it. 
I know how I, I there, there's there's principles to it. It's not just the fact you're not getting what you want. You paid for your you paid for a thing mm-hmm. and you want your thing exactly the way the thing is supposed to be. I get that. Yeah. You don't want to feel like somebody's shorting you. I get that too. But I heard a quote one time a long time ago. Uh, I I I'm understanding. I'll give you whatever the fuck you want. I'll replace whatever you want. I mean, I I'll deal with my boss when it comes to that. But when you start becoming belligerent and like swearing and cussing and making a gigantic scene, I kind of start getting a haze over my eyes. You know, I kind of start. I don't understand what the fuck you want at that point. Yeah. Like I, I just don't get the point in it. I could understand if if we stole money from you or you think we did, but yeah. This this this, this podcast sponsored by not asshole people who go out to. Places and eat food and don't fucking act a dick. Sponsored by your local anger management yeah. <laughs> uh, facility. That's your calling, Chris. There you go. That's, <laughs> that should be your part-time job. I don't know about that. I'm not do- good at dealing with anger and belligerent <sighs> attitudes. I've, t- I've told my wife several times that whatever I do, finally retire because I'm getting at that old age. <laughs> when I do finally retire and I can just... I'm going to have to work somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to work until probably I'm 60, 65, and I'm fine with that. I'm totally fine with that. I've never never shot away from working ever since I was 15 years old. But I've told her several times, when I do retire and I get to just go pick somewhere, she's like, oh, well, a, a good idea for you. You, you, you probably have to work at GameStop, huh? Nope. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not even saying that as some GameStop hater. Full disclosure, I don't know about you, Chris. Maybe we can make an end of time cast uh dual statement here. Okay. I shop at GameStop. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I don't I I guess that's yeah. that's a thing that's been a thing for the past four or five years. Like everybody hates GameStop and GameStop is the bad place. I get I get the point. So you know, I, I don't the- think as a consumer it's bad. I think as working there. It's absolutely yeah. terrible based on what I've heard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, see, you can hit it from that end. I'm going to hit it from the, I think it's bad for the business. I mean, literally, their money, go. they buy games and they sell it back, and it's just a big money cycle for them. It's not mm-hmm. really giving a lot to the, I, I get the negative side of the consumer aspect of it. But at the same time, it, it's not, I mean, it's not their fault they got big at doing something that it's kind of a smart thing to do, you know? They just got really fucking big and really good at it. If Chris goes out and buys Assassin's Creed Origins, plays it for two days, says, fuck this game. Well, I popped the seal on it. I, I'm stuck with it. And I say, hey, Chris, I'll buy that off you for like 20 bucks less. Yeah, I don't care. I'm not even playing it no more. Yeah, That's essentially what they did and still do. It's not their fault if somebody then brings the game back and they sell it again and again. I mean, that's it's you, you, you're being pissy at the actual gamers. I mean, Amazon not, does it. Amazon, yeah. This, this is not a new thing. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's not limited to games either. Think about textbooks and stuff like that, or normal books, just in period. But I was thinking about textbooks from school. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go on there and buy a used textbook because you use it for you know four weeks to. Nine weeks, depending on the you know class, and then you're never going to touch it again. So yeah. why get a brand new book? I'll get it used, and then I'll trade it in when I'm done. I I understand how 
huge of a industry gaming is as a whole. And I understand that if they have a hundred customers and they physically bought 20 copies of the game and sold it to 20 people and then the other 80 people are just buying that used, I, I get it. I understand that that's taking a chunk out of it. Yeah. But n- not everybody has money like that all the time. So, I don't know. Long story short, on my side, I shop at GameStop. I'm not, and I don't do it regularly because now I buy a lot of items on Steam. Mm-hmm. I mean, back in the day, I'd buy games all the time in and out of that place. But yeah, um, I actually mainly used it for uh, DS related stuff because mm-hmm. Amazon and so Amazon and Nintendo at some point didn't get along. I don't mm-hmm. know the full story behind it. At one point. I'm curious now. Um, Amazon wasn't directly selling DS, you know, the 3DS, 2DS products. All uh-huh. of them were literally third-party sellers. What? So, and so to get something release day would actually be the day after or two days after it came out because Amazon didn't get it in, you know, to be able to do their release day delivery like they normally do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd actually pre-order at GameStop DS games. Um, they've gotten better, I think, in the last two years or three years. And I don't know the whole story behind it, but I know at one point, all of a sudden, I was able to buy Nintendo stuff on there. So I don't know if they saw that it was hurting them or what. But so yeah, I pre-order on a uh, on GameStop. We could always look this up ourselves, and I'm sure we will. But guys and gals, if you know anything about this uh, Nintendo Amazon possible dispute let us know let us know your thoughts on it i'd love to know because that's news to me that's two huge entities not getting along yep. that's crazy <laughs> yeah. i mean and now i just get everything digital so for the yeah, ds i don't want carry on cartridges for the uh so i went over the holiday and i said you know what i want to switch because it's i can play it while i'm gone you know it's basically mm-hmm. a handheld device mm-hmm. um so i bought a switch and as soon as I got back to where I had internet, I bought Super Mario Odyssey. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, why would I sit there and carry around cartridges when I can just buy it digitally and have it saved on the device I'm going to carry around with me? Yeah, man, we could have a full-blown conversation here a minute about convenience, man. I'm all about it. I love yeah. it. Um. But let me curtail my get back to get get back on track where I was going. So I, my, I, my wife suggested that I should go work for GameStop, and I was saying that whole thing because I know where that's going to go. It's like, oh, GameStop's a horrible place. Yes, I get to the and I, and also from bringing back pulling back what you said, I've heard from man, you ain't even got to be a person that has worked in GameStop to tell me that place is bad. It, when I go in there, I can see it's bad. I am not. I've had this dispute back when I was a server. I am not a salesman. I have never been a salesman. I don't want to be a salesman. I do not want to be the person where you come to me, you you come in, and you're just coming to buy fucking Mario Odyssey. You solely know what the fuck you're coming to do. You come in, you grab the fucking game off the shelf, you wait in line for four fucking hours because it takes forever, mm-hmm. and you get up there, and I have, and I, and I'm talking to you for fifteen minutes. Hey, is there nothing you're interested in? No. Oh, you know, it got, it's got this game coming out. It's got this cool. It's got some. Oh, nope, not interested. You sure, I mean, it's a good, good pre-order. We got this thing running around. I was like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I'm just, the, as long as you're typing while you're talking to me, I really don't care. But yeah. I'm just always. I'm not. I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> and the fact that their job 
it seems like it's such a priority that it, it's damn near like it feels like their job rides on that shit. It does. It if absolutely they don't does. Sell enough, if they don't sell enough GameStop memberships or power-up rewards, whatever memberships, uh, they don't get enough pre-orders, they don't get enough deals, whatever, their job rides on that. Now, that's... Yeah. That's fucking crazy to me. They get hours cut and then downright fired if they don't meet enough sales for all those different things. So from the GameStop's mentality, I don't want to work there. But second, the, the actually first, the most priority reason, when I do retire, I'm going to be around 45, 50 years old. I'm not working a customer service job. <laughs> there is no fucking way I'm doing that anymore. I want to be back in a hole somewhere doing something. I don't know what. I'll, I'll work on that down the road, but I just can't, man. I'm yeah. already at the point where it feels like I can't deal with it now. It's it's getting my it's getting me on edge when I'm at work. I get impatient. I get aggravated. I get frustrated because it's just, people just they just want, and they it's not the fact that they want. It's that they have to be a fucking asshole about it and as somebody i mean i'm the i'm the worst judge of myself so people think i'm an asshole please let me know but as somebody who's not an asshole somebody who just goes through life and just fucking handles situations and 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 you know it it blows my mind i will step in and put my fucking foot down when i have to but i don't sweat shit like that i i don't take it as a personal offense if you know, I, I'm missing like seven fries out of my McDonald's mm-hmm. medium fry. It just doesn't look like it's enough. If I feel, if for whatever reason I'm in the mood and I really want some more, maybe I'll go back there. Maybe I'll ask for some more. But I'm not going to fucking throw the box down on the counter and slam my hand down and go, Hey, I need to see your manager. I want right now. Like, that's, uh, no, that's not me, man. And when people do it, it just blows my mind. Yeah. I hear you. But. Swerving back to the conversation we were about to start just then, man, I'm I'm the same way. I I felt really weird when I bought my Nintendo 3DS XL. I bought this when I was in the desert, and just because it was the version, it was it was it's the the uh, Link Between Worlds version. Yeah. It's the gold version. Yeah. Now I don't typically buy versions of consoles like of consoles like that, but. That was, number one, I wanted a new portable console, and the 3DS XL was the newest one at the time, and two, Link Between Worlds was had just come out. So I wanted both. Might as well get both of them. Right. And, again, I should have known this when I got it, but when it came there, I was looking for the fucking cartridge. It wasn't on the cartridge. It was literally on the console, and I just had to turn on the internet and activate a code. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so weird. <laughs> I thought that was so what? What? I, I, the fucking nineties me was like, well, where's my cartridge or what? And it was like, this is actually, actually very fucking convenient. I just go to the home screen and click a button, my game pops up. I don't have to worry about carrying a game with me. I don't have to have it around with me. It's, it's right there. So, yeah, I agree. And the same thing on, I mean, PC games. I get most, every game I have now is on Steam or GOG or something. I don't have, the, I have like three, I think I have two, uh, actually no, I have three actual PC CDs in my house. And I don't even know what the fuck they are. I've got StarCraft, StarCraft Wings of Liberty, or StarCraft 2 Wings of Liberty, and Diablo 2. 
But I have like 50 games on Steam that are right there on the computer. They're just literally a click away. Yeah. I have tons of old CDs still. Um, I never got rid of any of mine. And I don't know how I acquired so many because I know I didn't buy them all. So I don't know if I was given them or what. But I have, you know, Command and Conquer. I have all the StarCraft CDs. Um, the StarCraft was from a gift. I know that much. I got the battle chest for some holiday. Even though I already owned oh, nice. the, one of the game or, games or whatever. Nice. Um, yeah. But I've got probably a good 30 PC discs mm-hmm. um, in my game case sitting over on my bookshelf. also has all my yeah. PlayStation games and stuff in it. Yep, that's mine too. It has all my... I've got like four or five Dreamcast discs and like 20-ish PlayStation games, one of which... Oh, man... Chrono Cross is in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, bad. But that was one of those games where I bought it and then didn't like it, and I just never sold it, so it's there. And yeah, a couple, uh, actually, that's probably where my PC games are as well. I thought I was so fucking cool back in the day. I bought one of the big, like, 150 CD things, and they flip over in a book fashion. And so each page has four spots for discs, And I would take the disc and put it in the bottom spot, and I would take the game manual and put it in the top (laughs) spot. I thought that was the coolest shit in the world. Flash forward to today, I don't have discs, and I don't have manuals. I just have the games. Now, the nostalgic guy in me, the I-know-my-roots guy, the third-generation gamer in me, of course, I love having the consoles. I have a whole fucking DVD shelf with a a line of Xbox 360 titles and a line of PlayStation 2 titles. But the the older I get and the more convenient these things become for me, the more I accept the convenience of the new things. You know, I like it. It's 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 fine by yeah. me. I don't have to have the physical thing. It's nice to have it, but if I don't, I'm not shitting a brick. And know? I think one of the other convenience things about it is... You know, for the handheld, it's one thing. It's super nice on the go and whatnot. But even at home, with, like, my Xbox One, the Xbox is not directly in front of me. It is across the room. Yeah. So if I want to change games, I have to get up, walk over, you know, change the game. And sure, lazy, blah, 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 whatever. (laughs) I was going to say, listen to us. (laughs) But it's just so much more convenient to go, okay, I I mean, and if it's one thing, you know, I don't mind, okay, I'm going to do it once before I start playing, then I'm done. But if I'm like, all right, well, I don't really know what I want to play today, so I'll load this up. Nope, not feeling it. Switch to another game. Not feeling it. You know, go back and forth yep. between like six games. That's a lot of time spent switching games out. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm the same way. If I do, number one, you hit on a good thing as well. Just the fact that we have wireless controllers that oh, yeah. are just like, they're like the standard, and I li- I love that. I thought it was hot shit back in the day of a fucking Super Nintendo when you would have or a Nintendo when you have a wireless controller, and they were eh, they were okay. <laughs> but I mean now now they're standard. You buy an Xbox One X, it's gonna come with a wireless controller. Yeah. It should come with two. I don't know if it comes with two or not. No, they usually come with one. You have to pay extra for the second. Yep. Of course, that was a breakaway point for me back in the day when consoles stopped coming directly with games. I always I never liked that. I was never ever a fan yeah. of that. And I love how now in multiple ways that are coming back. 
Like, you not only can just pick a game, there. I think during the 360 era, there were versions of the console that would come with the game. Like, you could get a Halo 4 edition of your Xbox 360, which would have Halo, it would be the console, it would come with Halo 4, so boom, you got your game packed in. It would come with a console and a controller that were themed around Halo 4. Yeah. You're like, alright, I don't want that. And you're like, alright, that's okay. They got an Assassin's Creed whatever the fuck over here. Here's an Assassin's Creed version. It comes with a game, blah, 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 blah. You could kind of sort of pick your games. Yeah, so I actually... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and one thing, just to just to fucking, you know, stroke off GameStop a, a little bit more, they would run deals where you could buy the console and pick, like, three specific mm-hmm. games, and, and you could pick a version with one or two controls. They would let you basically make a deal. Yeah. They don't do that anymore, but, I mean, hey. I mean, I bought some of those that way. Um, yeah. Where I was anytime. like, okay, what games do I want? Yeah, that's the way it should be to me. In my fucking old school opinion, you buy a console, it needs to come with a game. It should come yeah. with a game. And I'm glad they're starting to do that again. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm guilty of buying the version consoles. I've, starting with the Halo 3, uh, or no, yeah, Halo 3 uh, yes. 360. I had the that, green one? Yeah. Yeah, I Sitting had in my closet, even though it doesn't work, because of Red Ring. Yeah. But, um, and then I have the, so I bought an Xbox one. And the reason I have two is because the one I have, the first one I had was the 500 gig one and I'm constantly out of space on it. Oh, and story of my life. The Halo four edition came out, the silver one with the special controller. So I was like, you know what? I do need more space. It is the terabyte version. I'm going to justify it like that. <laughs> so. Hey man, what whatever lets you tell yourself okay when you swipe the card, yep. it don't matter. And my Just justify it. And my Christmas present is the uh, Destiny Two edition of the uh, PS4 Pro. Mm-hmm. So whenever I see something like that, it depends on what it is. If it looks atrocious or not. Yeah. But the Destiny Two is basically just a white uh, PS4 Pro, so it's not bad. Um, what was it? The Call of Duty one was horrible. Yeah. Um, Gears of Call War of looked Duty pretty cool. For the, oh, yeah. There's a Call of Duty one. I think there's a PlayStation 4 version. And it has, like, uh, the actual Roman numeral 3 from Call of Duty 3 on it or whatever. Or it's either it's Black Ops 3 or... I don't fucking I know. Mean, there's been pretty much an addition for every Call of Duty, which is a lot of them. Yeah. But it's basically just that it's that Roman numeral three just on the top of the call of the PlayStation Four. It's like, yeah, somebody was hot to get that one. Taco Bell had a thing, and the one that you could win on there, I believe, was a gold uh, Xbox oh, One. Oh yeah, I remember that back in the day. I say back in the day, it was yeah. only a few years ago. Yeah, because it wasn't. I remember seeing posts on Facebook like, "How'd you get this?" Like, I want it from Taco Bell. Yeah. I'm always buying stuff from Taco Bell, trying to win stuff, because they always have consoles. You buy the box, the little box meal, and you get a code on there. So the last one they had was winning a console, and I went one for four on buying the box, and three of them didn't, because three of them didn't have codes on them. Even though the wow. thing was running, they gave me the wrong box. Oh. Like, really? <laughs> The fourth time, I almost went in and asked for another box. 
that I was like, okay. The first time I got my code, I was like, okay. I never got a response back from the number you have to text the code to. So I was already yeah. annoyed about that. And then the second one didn't give it to me. I'm like, okay, things happen, you know. And it was, a, diff- it was a different Taco Bell, too. So I was like, okay, different Taco Bell, not my usual substandard, right. okay. Um, but then I went back to the other one, didn't get it. Okay. I don't know. How many Xbox 360s have you went through in your life? I have two. I have the Halo Edition that Red Ringed and the one I replaced it with. I've went through five. That's unfortunate. I think I think the fifth. It's either now I say I've went through five, and maybe I'm on my sixth, or I've went through four, and I'm on my fifth. I don't yeah. remember. But this and this was a big deal for me back in the day because this is back when we were playing Call of Duty online together all the time. So you know I would not show up for you know two weeks. That's like four different play sessions. Like yeah, my fucking three sixties out, and I gotta wait. <laughs> And I got a good group of friends. Got a great group of friends. They a couple times have either like grandfathered their old one down to me and they went and got a new one or they pitched in and bought me one. And I've bought a couple of them myself, but oh man, that, that console right there, I don't hate it. I mean, obviously I love it. I've got like, I have 30 or 40 games in my house that's in that library, but that specific console, holy shit. You know how many Nintendos I've had in my life, Chris? One. You know how many Super Nintendos? One. 64s? One. Now, granted, I've went through a couple Nintendo 64 controllers (laughs) because the analog stick wears out really bad, and it wasn't until my later years I figured out how to clean them and fix them myself, but I've only went through one console. That's including buying an expansion pack for it. PlayStation, I've had... I've had two of those... I think because I sold one, so that don't really count. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking specifically as far as a console breaking. Dreamcast once, Genesis one, PlayStation two one, PlayStation three four, Xbox one. I've got only one. Three sixty, way more, w- way too many. <laughs> yeah, so I actually had a scare with my Xbox one, my Halo edition, um, not too long ago because a power surge hit. Mm-hmm. And so the console wasn't responding at all. But one of my coworkers, he actually had this problem recently and we were talking about it. And all he had to do was completely unplug it from the wall for like, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it reset some sort of thing inside of it that tripped and then it worked. So I came home or actually I forgot about it that afternoon. But then before I went to work the next day, I unplugged it from the wall or from the back of the console or both. I don't remember exactly what I did. But, you know, disconnected power and then came home from work, plugged it in, and it came back up. Wow. So I was so lucky. Wow. Huh. I've had that happen to my PC one time where something was acting funny and I just unplugged the and I just removed the power source completely and mm-hmm. five minutes later plugged it back in and it fixed. I'll tell you a scary secret, Chris. You'd be surprised how many times that actually just fixes an airplane as well. <laughs> surprisingly how many times it's all right we've done everything we can let's just shut the entire plane down and bring it back up and then 10 minutes later hey everything works (laughs) what did you do fucking nothing (laughs) yeah speaking of computers it's it's time for me to get me a new one i need to get a new one 
How's yours running? How, how old is your? Well, I, I we don't live in mind, a. So. Let, yeah, let me pause that because we can't say that anymore. The, the, the number one, this is in nineteen ninety eight. We don't. You don't have a set model. Yeah. <laughs> Typically, you have parts. Yeah, I need but, a. I need a new CPU in my gaming computer. Right now, yeah. my streaming computer actually has a better PC than my gaming one because. It use, it's more CPU intensive, you know. Games are right. typically graphically intensive, so I have a better graphics card in my gaming computer. But I went, I went with a lesser. Um, actually, I had my. I'm trying to think. I had the one in my gaming computer already. And what I normally do is when I'm upgrading the streaming computer, it's based on a part from the gaming computer. You know, I upgrade the gaming old part goes in the streaming to upgrade it. Um, but when I did the last upgrade, I upgraded the CPU in the streaming computer and left the one in my gaming. And the mm. one in my gaming computer is pretty old now. Uh, one of my friends, excuse me, she posted a, she made a post on Facebook about her new PC specs. So mm. I went to see, compare the CPU she got because it was a um, AMD. And mm. I always do uh, whatever. Uh, Intel. AMD, yeah. Is that right? Don't ask me. Anyway, the (laughs) non-Intel CPU, that shows how much I care about them. Um, I always use Intel, so I I was curious where hers matched up with mine, and (laughs) mine was embarrassingly low on the list. I was like, yeah, I'm about due for an upgrade, because I don't know if you look at anything spec-related, but I use a website called Passmark, Mm -hmm. um, or that's a software they use it's called Passmark. The website's like CPUbenchmark.net or something, and then GPUbenchmark.net. But it gives you a chart of pretty much every CPU, GPU, even phones. They have a page for now, comparing the power and power per cost and stuff like that. So you know, per dollar, what is the better deal? You know, if right, right. if this card's four hundred bucks. But it's only one percent better than the two hundred dollar card. I'm gonna get the two hundred dollar card. Um, right, right. So I always go on there and compare, and they have it broken down in high range, medium range, and low range. Mm-hmm. And mine was almost down into the medium range. Um, well, I mean that's the medium. That doesn't sound too it, bad. It if doesn't you're high sound and bad. Breaking low, then that's not too bad. If it, it doesn't sound bad, but in the world of CPUs, that's a pretty big gap. Yeah, it is true. It's a huge gap. It's like the difference between an uh, i3 and an i7. Right. Yeah, my I've tried to get away with the past couple times with just upgrading my graphics card. I've done pretty well on that because the PC that was built for me uh, is it, it rose. It was it it was stay compatible and comparable for a couple years. But even now, even if I get the fucking 1080 GTX card that I want, mm-hmm. it's not good enough. I'm at that point where not I need a new GPU. I not I mean a CPU. Not only do I need a new CPU, it's time I upgrade my motherboard. Yep. And for me, if it's if I'm upgrading the motherboard and the CPU and the graphics card, it's just time to go ahead and get a new one. I, mean, I know one thing I'm gonna do when I. When I have the money to get this new computer built, I'm definitely going to add way more USB ports. <laughs> I can, you can, you can never, I can never have too many USB yeah. ports. I have like, okay, so I have two on the front and I have 
12 in the back. Not only are all of those taken up, two of them don't work. I still need to troubleshoot that. Mm -hmm. But that's 10 USB ports that I have used. One of those goes to an external USB port that has five ports on it as well, and four of those are used. The sad part about this is, this is, this is first world problems, Chris. Of all those USB ports, only two of them are 3.0. So when I go to do data management between my 3.0 hard drives, it's, I've only got two at a time. I'm, it's, woe is me. Woe is me. And don't, don't even get me started on hard drives. Don't <laughs> even get me started. I recently had to buy another one. I have too many terabytes. I actually saw, I almost bought a uh, 8 terabyte external that was on sale. See, I was thinking about that too, but especially when it comes to hard drives, the closer the hard drives come to bleeding edge, I go about a generation or two back. Hmm. Because they, I have a I have a myriad history with hard drives going bad. I've been very fortunate that the Western Digital 2 terabyte internal hard drive I have right now I've had for probably about three four years and it has not died yet but man I've had at least three or four hard drives in my life go out and I know those people has had way worse but I've had a lot of irreplaceable things lost like cannot get them back unless I want to spend five six seven hundred dollars and take it to a clean room place and have it you know removed yeah but I've got family pictures you know, personal life pictures, documents, all kind of stuff just gone. So technically, even with all the hard drive space that I have right now and I'm using, I really need to double that because I want to back up the backups. <laughs> yeah, I I have tried not to buy more external drives because really what I want is a uh, SAN or NAS, whatever you want to call it. Um, so that I can actually set up RAID with multiple drives and have it a decent size. But just getting the enclosure for a four-bay uh, SAN is mm. kind of ridiculously priced. I bet. Um, I, I mean, bet. even without including, and that's, that's without including the hard drives. Yeah. It's like, come on, really? How much are you going to charge me for a thing? So, it is, yeah, it's just annoying. I think I did the... I was actually doing some uh, memory moving because I got my new drive in and I'm swapping shit around and making space and allocating left and right and moving files left and right. I am up to, uh, I own 28 terabytes worth of hard drives. <laughs> good, good fucking God. And I have used 16 and a half terabytes so far. It's crazy. It's 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 only gonna get it's only gonna get worse because video quality is only gonna go up over time and it, or or game sizes. Good God, I I didn't know until I went to uninstall it politely just because I was done with the game. I gingerly removed it from my hard drive. That fucking Doom 2016 was over 80 something gigabytes in size. Yeah. Holy fuck. So. While we're on top, how big? How real quick? How big is Assassin's Creed Origins? Do you uh, know? Let me look. I have my Xbox booted up. And uh, while you're looking, what were you going? What were you about to say? So, when I got the Switch, I actually had uh, went online and looked to see, okay, what size is um, 
what size is the memory in it because it's a portable thing. So I want to make sure I have enough space for digital games. And right. I think it comes with 32 gigs. I was like, wow. oh boy, that's not great when, you know, individual games are more than yeah, that. Yeah, that's not, so, wow. <laughs> but then, but then, um, we looked at the size of Super Mario Odyssey because that was the first game I was going to get. Mm-hmm. And I believe it was only like six gigs. Um, to answer your question, Assassin's Creed Origin, Origins is uh, 43 gigs. Wow. Now you think about that for a second. Assassin's Creed Origins is only 40-something gigs. Yep. Doom 2016. Doom is over 80. I had to uninstall Halo uh, because it was up to over like 90 gigs. Jesus. I was like, okay, I'm not playing the game. I cannot justify leaving it installed anymore. I have to move on. And Final Fantasy 15 is sitting at 71 gigs right now. Now, see, Final Fantasy... Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) As my point remains, it's only going to get worse. Yeah. GTA 5 is 71 gigs. Yep, yep, I remember that one too. But see, and this is just another, this is another great thing about having, you know, Steam or GOG or whatever gaming place you use. You buy the game, you purchase it, you own it, it goes on a list. The list cannot be deleted. There's no way you can lose that game. Mm -hmm. The only thing you need to get that game anywhere is an internet connection and depending on the size of the game, several fucking hours to download it. That would be the one downside to Steam, and it's such a fucking non-issue because usually I'll just download the game when I'm going to work, but I can't seem to get more than like two or three megabytes per second at a time. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It takes yeah. me a day or two to get a game downloaded. So I was... But again, meh, meh, nope, no big deal. <laughs> So I, I'm used to my fast internet at home. You know, mm-hmm. talking about downloading on Steam, not an issue. Let it go. It's done relatively quick. Downloading Super Mario Odyssey over the Wi-Fi at where we were, oh, my oh. God. It took oh. like two and a half hours. Wow. And it's only six gigs. So it's like, okay, come on. <laughs> so I actually... It, go ahead. I uh, So I was like, all right, this... Is telling me it's going to take over two hours to do. I'll go find, see what other games are on sale, download it, play it while I'm waiting. Mm-hmm. So I spend some time in the store looking at their deals, and I grab this $5 game called Tower, Tower of Babel. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right. So I go. I have to download it, of course, because it's still digital. So I'm like, right. I go to download, and the only option is to cancel. There's no pause. Oh, wow. So I'm like, I've already gone at this point like 30 minutes on the download. I'm like, mm-hmm. do I really want to cancel it? Because I don't know how long I'm going to play this other game. And you don't know if it saves it. You know, some things, I think Steam will do that. If you cancel yes. a download on Steam, it will pick it back up. It's basically a pause labeled as cancel. Yeah. But I was like, I'm I'm not going to risk this. So I have this $5 game, Tower of Babel, that I haven't even tried playing. Because I just let the download for Odyssey go through and then played it. But I did buy a uh, 128 gig SD card for the Switch. So I shouldn't have any issue with space ever. So interesting thing, and I think it's really good design. The 
and I, I didn't look at any instructions because, you know, I'm a man. What am I supposed to do? Uh, but I was looking on the Switch. I'm like, where is the SD card port? I'm like, okay, here's the game. It has its little flap, you know, to protect it. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. There's the audio input, the power input. Okay, where's the SD thing? And I flip it over, and the Switch, I don't know if you've seen it, but it actually has a stand on it to where you can stand it up on a flat surface and play that way uh-huh. with the controllers unattached. The SD card thing is underneath that stand. What? Yeah, so it's wow. really unobtrusive, and you don't have to worry about anything really happening to it because it's covered by the stand as well as its little... I think there is a little flap over it, too, but... Yeah. It's interesting. What is the animation... Or better yet, is there an animation or something happening when you're downloading a game on the Switch? Um, you have you have a progress bar. I know on the DS you have the little blocks that fall in. Yeah, that's not present on the Switch. Oh man, I love that. I think it's just a progress bar with a timer. Well, poo. <laughs> I guess I guess all in general though, you're happy with your Switch, huh? You like it? So, overall, yes. Oh, boy. You need to tell me more. Um, (laughs) That was a reluctant yes. So, what the Switch comes with is... My God, this nub's already dirty. Um, I just picked up my Switch controller. Uh, So, what the Switch comes with is the Switch itself, the two little controller things you slide on the sides, the stand, as well as this little thing that looks like part of a controller and you can slide the controllers into it so it kind of rests in your hand more like a traditional controller would where you have the for lack of a better word arms that you're holding on to of the controller um, and with playing it with the controllers attached to the switch screen itself it, got, it started hurting my hands from the way my fingers were all bunched up because they're not what? big controllers. Um, that should be a priority one, yeah. damn it. But putting them on this little little controller thing that I could slide them into, so much better. I haven't had a problem since I switched to it. The issue is to use the controller thing, the, I don't know what to even call it, um, but to use it, they can't. Be, I have to set down the switch. I'm no longer holding the screen I'm looking at while I'm playing. And I don't know if you've seen the commercials, but they show these people, you know, halfway across the room playing on the Switch. Yeah, yeah. It, the screen's way too small for that. If it's yeah, more than two feet away, I'm not able to see what I'm doing. Um, right. So I'm not a huge fan of that aspect. Um, I, I don't know what can be done about it. That being said, I do really like the size of it, aside Mm -hmm. from how that impacts the controllers negatively, because it's very portable, and it's great for traveling. Um, I actually Mm -hmm. went on Amazon as soon as... So, (laughs) I had ordered... So, we got up where we were going Wednesday night, went to Walmart to get some breakfast stuff for Thursday and Friday, because Thursday nobody would be open in the morning, of course, being Thanksgiving. Right. And Friday, didn't want to deal with Black Friday crowds, just trying to go get food. So we go to Walmart, grab so I'm like, you know what? I was thinking about on the drive, I want to go look at a Switch. So we go to 
the electronics, no switches in the case. I'm like, okay, I'm sure they'll have some for Black Friday, but then they're all going to be sold out. So I'll just order on mm. Amazon. So I went on Amazon, ordered the switch, and then the next morning, I think I ordered a hard carrying case for it, which I got, and I really like it too. Um, mm. So, but then Friday afternoon, we went back to Walmart for something else. And I just went back to electronics to see, you know, what the remainder of the Black Friday stuff was. And it was like nothing, a normal day. The right. thing was full of switches. What? I was like, yeah, literally, there's only like one missing. Wow. Um, so I was like, you know, I could, I could buy it, but I already ordered on Amazon. So I pulled up Amazon on my phone, canceled my order, and then bought it at Walmart. So I could play that day. Um, <laughs> even though I you know, only had two days to wait. Well, I guess yeah. three days because of the weekend. But Right. Uh, yeah. So I ordered it. I bought it on the spot. And the the lady at the register, she was like, you should get a Super Mario Odyssey. It's really fun. I was like, yep, I'm going to download it digitally or buy it digitally as soon as uh, I get it set up. Yeah. But, but see, Walmart doesn't make commissions, so they don't care. They're like, oh, oh cool. That, that's really something you should do. <laughs> yeah, she she didn't. I was a little disappointed. That I got no response from her at all. Either way, she just went on yeah. with ringing me up, didn't say another word about it. I was like, okay, well, I thought we were having a conversation here, but okay, we'll just hey, move man, on with she the She did set. her part. Yeah, yeah. You know, before we get into weeks mm -hmm. and uh, uh, well, actually, there's a random story I had. Okay. I was coming home. Now, this is so out of the norm. I was doing support for another restaurant in several cities away. We're talking like almost an hour drive away. So I was coming back from that one night. I had stopped, happened to stop and get gas. While I was getting gas, I was in the mood. I was thirsty. I was went inside and got a fucking Gatorade. Uh, this episode of the In a Time Cast, sponsored by <laughs> Gatorade Frost, the thirst quencher. Get your juicy bottle of Riptide Rush at your local Walmart. It's crisp and cool and so delicious. Gatorade Frost. Buy it, fuckers. So anyway, I went to go buy a Gatorade Frost and went to the counter and I... In my uniform that I wear, I, I'm allowed to wear it. We have to wear a belt by, by it's mandatory. Yeah. You have to wear a belt. And my belt buckle is a classic NES controller belt, the cool little metal kind. Mm -hmm. and I found one of these back at fucking GameStop like six, seven years ago, and I've had it since replaced it. I usually buy them on Amazon. I'm saying this because everybody asks me where the fuck I get this belt buckle from. I get it from Amazon. I buy it online. It may not even be Amazon anymore. I think I have to find them because they don't make them anymore. Anyway. People rarely see my butt-ugly face first. They see my belt buckle, <laughs> and they flip their shit. And it's always funny to get the myriad responses from people because you have the random ones, you have the generic ones. Well, you have the random ones that just know what that is. Hey, that's a Nintendo, right? I mean, yeah, that's... I, I'm not the <laughs> asshole. That's not a Nintendo. That's a Nintendo controller. I go, hey, yeah, that's a Nintendo. Um <laughs> Yeah, I've gotten wiser and less assholey in my later years. Uh, you have the other ones that are like, oh man, I had a Nintendo. Yeah, I remember this game and that game, and it was, it's typically insert Mario 3 or Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. I'm like, yep, yeah, that's what it's from. So this guy at this random gas station, this random Chevron gas station, saw my belt buckle and immediately went into a, like, zero to 60 gaming conversation. I could I saw his eyes go down on my belt buckle, 
and he didn't even make like a bridge, Chris. He didn't like <laughs> like he didn't like see me across the road and signal me up. Hey, bro. Hey, man, come over here. We can. We're cool. He's like, man. So I was playing Front Mission Three last night, and uh, there was this one stage with this one battle mech. I could not get the stats down right. I think I had the wrong parts, <laughs> and he just starts now. Now, now, Adam can talk about uh, Front Mission Three. I hope I'm saying that name right. I believe it's Front Mission Three. I have no idea. It's a SquareSoft uh, mech game. There's a bunch of them. I hope I'm saying that right. Anyway. He's played that. I have not. It's in my list to play. I know it's a great game, but I have not played this game, okay? And it's rare. It's rare for somebody to start talking over my head about games. And he just, he starts going off. And he's asking me questions like, do you remember, uh, remember what the, what the, do you remember the make that? I'm like, uh, nah, man, I, <laughs> I haven't played that game yet. And he keeps going. And he follows me, not in a creepy way. I th- he was actually, to his defense, he was outside cleaning his parking lot when yeah. I pulled up. So he came in to, you know, give me my service and left. He walked back outside, lit up a fucking cigarette and was like, and then he just, he talked to me for about eight <laughs> minutes about this game. And I felt so bad because I'm like, I don't know what the fuck this guy's talking. He's, he's passionate. Yeah. He's as passionate as, as I am about anything game related. He is that passionate about talking to me about this one game. And I have no fucking idea what he's telling me. And I'm like, yeah, man, me, I've, I've, I've heard, man, it's in my list. I've actually got it on a computer to, I've, I've got it to play. I'm going to get to it sometime, but I, I haven't played it yet. And he's like, yes. And then like, and then later there's another mission with this girl and I couldn't do this thing. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to go home. And my wife waiting on me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that dude oh, just man. needed a friend. He, bruh, at like two thirty, three o'clock in the morning <laughs> at a gas station that nobody, everybody, he sees people coming to get gas. They never come in. And the ones that come in are probably drunk or hobos or drunken hobos. <laughs> they probably smell of their assholes or they fucking, they smell so bad of weed. They get his whole store smelling like weed, you know? And he, here's this guy with a fucking Nintendo belt buckle. He was like, that's my guy. <laughs> And I just wanted to get home. But you know, you probably made his night. Oh yeah, the fact that I just put a ear, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that I listened and and at least understood what he was talking about. And I say that because that that is the way that I I love finding people like that in my life. I don't know about you, but when I run into gamers in a keep it to myself in a not asshole way, strictly from a conversation level. I gauge and judge people's gaming in my head. When they start talking to me, I'm like, all right, what am I about to roll into? And it typically rolls to the, yeah, I had a PlayStation. Yeah, I had a Sega because nobody knows it was a fucking Genesis. Or, yeah, I had a 64 and I had, let's, okay, so right there, you're, you're, you're talking to me. I get the 64. Yeah, I had Mario 64. Of course you did. Yeah, I had Star Fox. That's a little, okay. You know, but when you find somebody, this is this is how like uh, if anybody remembers a, a guest cast of ours was uh, Greg from uh, episode I don't know I'll fucking put the number in here or I won't it's it's on it's labeled. Uh, when I would talk to him about games, he would randomly throw in like odd games that the average person would not talk about. I love finding people like that. I love when you can just bring up a random game like yeah. 
let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about Chrono Trigger. And they're like, oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah, okay. It was like, let's talk about Mario sixty four. Let's talk about Super Mario World. Yeah, okay, we can talk about that. Oh, let's talk about Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah, all right. Uh, and man, like Just Cause two. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Okay, I'm <laughs> on. I'm back in. I'm back in. Let's go. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's never out of a judgmental like I don't look down at my nose at gamers anymore, no matter what they are. If you're a fucking Madden bro, you're a Call of Duty bro, you're still playing games and to some degree I I give you the nod. But I love and yearn for the conversations where oh look, it's so bad. There was a there was a time where me and my wife were out eating somewhere where we're going to go see a movie. Don't remember the movie. It, might, it it may have been Civil War. I think it was Civil War. Actually, we had stopped at a place to eat a couple hours beforehand, and there were some there were some nerds in another table because I could the, the clothes they were wearing and they were talking about comics, mm-hmm. and I could hear their conversation. And I'm picking up on you know Daredevil. I'm picking up on Marvel. I'm picking up on Wolverine. I'm picking up on Apocalypse. I'm picking up on these different things here and there, and then they start talking about games. And mind you, they're about four tables away. They're not really talking loud, but I hear it. And my wife keeps eating, and she keeps looking at me. She's like, you're listening, aren't you? I'm like, yeah, I'm listening. She's like, I'm like, I want to go talk to them. She's like, no, I just want want to go. We're about to get done, and I want to go. And I'm like, I'm like, you're not going to stop me from talking to people. I'll be friends who I fucking want to. I'm a grown man. And she was like, no, I know you. If you go over there and you start talking to them, number one, I'm not going to be really involved. But two, more importantly, we have a movie to catch. And you're going to be there for an hour talking about this shit. I'm like, but, but, but talking about games they're like really they're my people they're really talking about games she's like no we got a movie to go see so i'm that that's me i i I will listen and hear what people are talking about when they're talking about games and the further they get the deeper they go i'm like oh yeah oh i'm just waiting for my jump in point i'm hey you don't know me but let's talk about sweet code and two because i heard you talking about sweet code one I remember I had this, and it's not really particularly gaming, but it's related to Achievement Hunter, which is essentially gaming at that point. Yeah. Because um, that's the bulk of their content. But I have a Achievement Hunter beanie. So every once in a while I get a comment, you know, about it from a fellow fan. But this one guy, he was working at, he was the uh, in the electronics section at Walmart doing the uh, register. And I went up, I don't remember what I was buying, put my purchase on there. He was checking me out. He's like, yeah, nice beanie, you know, and right before I was about to respond and actually start a conversation with this guy. This he reached down and grabbed your cock. No. This old <laughs> this old lady walks up, and no, she didn't either. This old lady walks up Damn and you. immediately just starts on to the guy about something she needs or something she can't find. Or I was like, come on, lady. He's not even completely done with my uh, purchase. And she's already laying into him. Wow. So I was like, all right, I guess I'll leave this poor guy to handle this lady and just, you know, miss out on this potential friend. Mm. Have you ever played, and God, I, I hate to use this phrase, but for lack of a maybe maybe social justice stand-up good guy, white knight, I don't know. Have you ever had a public scenario happen where somebody was being a jackass in public? 
and you stepped in and said something or did something? Um, have I? Have I? Have I? Have I? It doesn't have to be you fucking swooped in and saved the day, but it could be just you being like, hey, fuck you. Anytime you intervene with somebody just being a social jackass. I'm sure there have been a couple of times where I, you know, not so indiscreetly said, you know, a comment like, what a fucking asshole or something like that, where, you know, I'm quote unquote muttering under my breath, but obviously I'm intent for it to be heard, you know, the whole passive aggressive thing. I know mm-hmm. I've done that a couple of times. I don't know if I've specifically spoken up like that. There was one time for me At least not in recently. public. Yeah. I've done it a couple times. I, I, I have to sit down and remember the other ones, but I do remember one recently. I had to go, I had to go get a new driver's license. <clears throat> and I'll tell you right now, number one, the, both the, this is a shout out that's never going to have any relevance, but the, both the DMV and the driver's license place that I live near, fucking awesome. And when you can say that about a DMV, holy <laughs> shit, that says something. I don't know about you, bruh, but, most of my life experiences in DMV have been fucking horrible. Have been bad. Mine's usually just the weight. Mine's the weight, the attitude, and the two times, especially when I got the fucking motorcycle off you. Bruh, don't even start on the <laughs> shit I had to go through with that. Oh, my God. Let me know. Let me, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and tell that story. All right. Help me remember what I was just about to talk about. Oh, the, the social justice thing. Yeah. So, so I got the motorcycle from you, okay? Mm-hmm. You lived another state from me. Brought the bike over here, and I called the DMV. Okay. At the job I worked at at the time, I had a 30 minute break and I had to get it registered in my county. So the, my job, just because of where I worked and where the DMV was, the, from where I worked to the DMV was a 36 minute drive. If you just physically could not fucking do this on a lunch break. Yeah. But I fucking sucked the dick of my manager or supervisor and I said, I've got to get my motorcycle registered. Can you please give me an extended lunch or whatever? I'll come in early or I'll leave late. What the fuck you need? I want to get my bike registered. He's like, yeah, okay. He made a big fucking huff and puff about it, but I got it done. I had one fucking day and one shot to do this. Call the DMV. I said, okay, here's the deal. I'm explaining it's very fucking easy. I purchased a used motorcycle from a family member that motorcycle was registered in another state it is here now in my possession i need to tag and title you know register that motorcycle in my name is there any special provisions i need to do because it's out of state she's like nope you bring this you bring this you bring this that's all you need i said okay cool hang up the phone now i've dealt with the dmv before so i called back the next day Got a different person. I said, here's the scenario. Rinse and repeat. Same thing. They said, yeah, no problem. Bring this, bring this, bring this. That's all you need. No problem. I said, okay. Just so we're clear, by the way, this motorcycle was not registered to him. It is still registered to the person he bought it from. They said, that doesn't matter. All you need is this, this, this. I said, okay. That was two times, Chris. Yeah. Called back another day. Talked to was supposed to be a fucking supervisor type person just because that's who picked up the phone. Same scenario, same set of questions, same set of fucking parameters. This is all you need. Okay, cool. Got the lunch break. Hauled ass. Drove all the way from where I was working to the DMV. Didn't really have too much of a lineman. I mean, I'm fucking tapping my foot. Now, again, I did not put this off on fellow people, and I didn't put off on the business, but I was just in a hurry because I knew... You know, I'm on. I'm already getting pardoned for doing this, and I'm not trying to be, you know, that guy. So I'm just going to get here, get the shit done, and go. 
Get up to the counter. Hello, I've called up here a few times. I'm just trying to get a motorcycle tagged and registered. Here's the situation. Blah, 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 blah. Here's the one, two, three pieces of paperwork that I've been told by three separate people that not only this is what I need, but that's all I need. Here's my driver's license. And anything else you need, I'm just, and here's my car to pay for it. Let's get this done. And she looks, she goes, mm hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm. Where's your police inspection report? So what the fuck is a police inspection report? Well, see, you purchased this out of state, yes? And it's registered out of state, correct? Yes, it is. Well, since it's out of state, you have to have the local police authorities inspect the motorcycle and make sure that it's not stolen. It is a requirement when you buy something out of state. This is normally done through your dealership, but since you bought it for second hand, you have to get it done through your local police department. And Chris, <laughs> Chris, and ladies and gentlemen, guys and gals, that was one of the few times in life where I was really fucking pissed off. And I was, I'm not really acting a dick. I was just being very forward. I was like, okay, can, can I just stop this whole process? Is there a supervisor here? She's like, yeah, I can get him for you, but he's going to, I was like, please let me talk to him. So he comes up there and I'm like, hey, so I've called up here three goddamn times before I came up here and I was told, I told y'all the situation. Whoever I spoke to, do you have a names? Fuck you. Of course, no, I don't have the names. Maybe I should have. My fault. Whoever. Moving on. They told me, after I told them the same fucking stipulation, the same situation, this is the only three paperwork that I need to bring up here and nothing else. I'm here now, and they're telling me I need to have this. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that the three different people didn't go without me, but you need to have this. Fuck! I left. So I had to haggle the manager or the supervisor again to get another one. He yeah. understood and blah, blah. He was a little cooler about it, and I eventually got it situated, but... It seems like every other time in my life, aside from where I live now, if I've ever had to go to the DMV for something, it's always been something. And I get that most of the time it does kind of fall back on you as the person. You know, you should research ahead of time. You should know what pieces of paperwork you needed to have. You should know what forms you need to bring, what color ink you should sign, what fuck ever bullshit they yeah, give but you. But you did that. Yeah. But I did that, and every other time, it just always feels like it's they're just happy to tell you, I'm sorry, I can't do that today because you're missing this. When I went to buy my house back in the day, it was a go to this place, get this thing done, and it's and this is not a DMV thing, just making a different these these it's all all the fucking same. I go to the place, here's what I need. Actually, you need this. All right, cool. I'll go get that. I get that and come back. Oh, yeah, and you also need this. Okay, is there anything else that I need? No, no. I go back, come back, get another person. Oh, yeah, you need these two items, too. And the DMV always feels like that. They feel like that. It always seems like they're just happy to tell you that. Oh, I'm so very sorry. You didn't know you need this form. This is the wrong form. This is an outdated form. Motherfucker, I'm in the military. I know about outdated forms. Damn it. Yeah, I don't... But I'm trying to think if I've ever had a bad experience that wasn't related to wait times. Because I've had some ridiculous wait times. Yeah. Um, sitting in there for two hours. Or hey, man, you got to switch now. It's okay. Yeah, now I do. Now I don't care. Now, you, now you're happy to wait. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to go get maintenance on my vehicle again. <laughs> uh, so, so back to the story that this originated from. Yeah. Uh, Social yeah, justice the yeah, both the DMV and the driver's license uh, facilities that I've had to go to, both. Number one, their wait times are, are okay, but they're fucking nice. They're polite. They'll let you know what you need. And if you don't have it there, oh, 
guess what, Chris? There's a fucking internet and they have access to it. Baby, let me go get that for you. I'll just, if you just give me some information, you write this down right here, I can go look this thing up and go fill this out for you. Hey, thank you. Fucking rock on. So anyway, I had to go get my license renewed, uh, sometime this year. I had to get a new license, let's say that correctly. Um, I sit down, I take my number. I think I had to wait for about 10, 15 minutes. No problem at all. I get to the counter and, and again, this is me being an understanding person. That day, their whole entire computer system had upgraded. They had, they had changed all kind of different things. So they were making their way through their process was slower. They still knew what they, what they were doing. Yeah. But I mean, like you know, and I know you go from Windows 7 to Windows 10, you know, you got, Things are going to get moved. Which things are going to get changed. Lately. Yeah, instead of a four-step process, you kind of have seven, and you don't know where step two, four, and six are. <laughs> like I get that. I'm I'm being patient. I'm like, ma'am, I understand completely. Cool. And I could already tell she was already kind of aggravated with it. She had probably had some bad people ahead of her, yeah, but or ahead of me, and plus that, and trying to figure out. You know, they're all coordinating with each other behind the counter. They're all like, you know, where do I go for this? You know, I, I, I took the picture, but it's not over here. And I'm like, I'm just listening. I'm cool. I'm fucking, and, you know, I'm so sorry. I'm like, ma'am, I'm cool. I'm good. I'm just waiting. So out of my peripheral, I see a guy come up to the counter. Number one, I don't, I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of finicky about people approaching me from the rear. You, you either get a, a heel or an elbow or a stern look with a tongue out. I don't know. <laughs> this guy comes up behind me, swoops to the left of me, to the right of me and starts feeling, he's like looking over the counter and starts reaching like behind the counter start starts picking up books and rifling paper and the lady's like mind you these are, I'm, I'm assuming these are police officers of some degree and she's like sir can i what well, can i help you and he's like yeah i'm here to here to get a get a book uh i'm trying to and she's like sir did you did you did you take a number and he's like do i need a number to get a driver's book she's like yes sir you do like everybody else here there's a line you have to take a number and he goes, ah, all right, I just, you know, whatever. She's like, and it'll be, it'll, you know, if you, if you have cash on hand, it'll be $5. And he's like, $5? That, this used to be free back in the day. And she's like, well, I'm sorry, sir. They cost, and you got to take a number. And she's like, well, y'all are stupid. This used to be free. And that's when <laughs> I stepped in. I said, says the guy who passed up the thing, the big sign at the entrance that said, please take a number, you'll be waited on. And he's like, ah, what do you know? And he, and he left. <laughs> and she was like, what a guy. I was like, yeah, are you shitting me? <laughs> so. I, I try to be that understanding guy, especially when it's, you know, a computer problem, something beyond their control. I work on computers all day long. You know, I know when my crap doesn't work, it takes forever to get anything done. You know, a five-minute process is now a 30-minute process, and yeah. everyone suffers. The person doing the work is suffering because they want to get people, you know, dealt with, and they don't want to deal with the angry customers and stuff, so they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, look, take your time. You know, I'm, yeah. I understand. So I, I do try to be the understanding guy and not jump on someone for something that's beyond their control, obviously. Yeah, yeah. That's, and again, it's not it's it's not saying I'm just a fucking pushover. I'm I'm I just roll over on me and I'll take whatever. It's just I understand that life happens. That I have I am fortunate in my life that I only have to work one job. And if I'm not at that one job and I'm on my free time, I realize that I'm on my own time. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing I'm really gonna get home to but play games and hang out with my wife. So 
if it takes an extra 20 minutes, as long as I understand why it's taking that 20 minutes, that's fine. Now, if I'm seeing people not doing their fucking job, well, fuck that. I may say something. But again, I'm probably going to talk to the manager. I'm going to handle the shit accordingly, you know. Chris, do we have any well actuallys from last week? No. Nope. You know oh, what do you know? Another Man, we're getting good at this. Yep. Fucking perfect podcast partners. I like that <laughs> alliteration, too. That was nice. Um, I guess I'll start with my week this time. All right. Uh, sh- shit, Chris, I'm about knee-deep in games, bruh. I don't know <laughs> what happened, but I'm knee-deep in games. So, off the top, still playing Valkyria Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm middle way through chapter 13 now, I think, 13 or 14. And man, the story's getting good. The story's getting real good. Uh, like I said the past couple episodes, just for you and for anybody else that listens to this, I think the majority of your enjoyment is going to be from the gameplay. I think the, I feel that the, the draw is going to be the gameplay. I think the charm is Squad 7 and, and their, their partnership. You know, reading all their extra things, seeing their engagements and the interstitials between battles. Those are great. The story itself is a serviceable story. It's not going to blow your mind. It's not going to, the way it's told is very good. Mm. But, you know, Mass Effect, this is not, is what I'm getting at. But it's, it's getting to a point now where there's some plot elements coming up and it's starting to go, oh, they, they, they did a little bit of intrigue at around 11 or 12. And I was like, oh, now I'm in. Now I'm interested. I mean, I was already in, but now I'm really interested. Um, still having a good time with it, still playing it. I'm doing about maybe half a chapter a day or every other day. Same old, same old. Uh, I've done a couple more rounds of a robot named Fight. I still haven't beat it yet. I've still been getting my ass kicked. Uh, I will beat that game. I will do it. <laughs> but, uh, again, it's, it's a, it, it's an intermediate game for me. It's, yeah. it's, I'm done with Valkyrio. Oh, let's just play something a little less, a little less intense, but still fun. I uh, made a couple more levels in Freedom Planet. I'm pretty sure I'm at the I'm, I'm either at the close to the last level of that game or I'm at the very end. But either way, I'm I'm pretty much about to beat that thing. And I think there are multiple characters in that game. So I remember at the beginning of the game you could actually pick uh, between two characters. I picked Lilac, the the standard main character. I guess there was another one. There may be a couple other ones. I don't know. I definitely have to go through, back through that game. One thing to note about uh, Freedom Planet that I can't make an actual comparison for right now because I have not played Sonic 3 or Sonic 3 and Knuckles in a long time, is that the levels in Freedom Planet are long. They're big levels. Like, we're talking, it's going to take you 10 to 12 minutes to get through these levels. That may be what Sonic 3 was like. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's It's been a while. But you're going to get your, this is a meaty, the levels are very meaty. You know, okay. they're, not, they're not over in a few minutes. Uh, still making playthrough with that. Uh, I actually, I'm gonna have to go back to look at this shit real good. Um, what so else? I, oh, I meant uh, to ask you last week, but I saw you had played Salt and Sanctuary. Uh, yes. Okay. So that's another one. I picked that one back up. Okay. Uh, I played this. This I actually played this for the first time round about the very beginning of this pod of these podcasts. I had either had just started it or had played it and put it down. It wasn't, it wasn't drawing me, 
But the fact that it is a Souls-style game, mm-hmm. I wanted to come back to it and give it another fair shot. So, question for you. Did ah. you start playing Soul and Sanctuary because you saw the speedrun? No. no. Is okay. there a speedrun? Yeah, it was at one of I the mean, GDQs. A, Jesus, there's probably a, there's a speedrun of everything, yeah. what am I saying? Yeah. But yes, it was um, at a GDQ. That's where I knew the name from. And actually, that's why I, it's on my list. Yeah, I had heard about this game just the same way I heard about all other games, just word of mouth, you know, game reviews, gamers talking about it, uh, mainly two best friends, etc. Mm-hmm. But it's a 2D soul style game. The fact that you put soul style in there, I'm in. I knew I was going to play it eventually. The first time I played through this game, I probably put about five, six, seven hours into it. It wasn't catching me, and I was, I, I don't, and I still feel that right now to a degree. I don't feel that the Souls style translates to 2D perfectly. It translates well enough. Yeah. Um, I don't hate this game. I don't dislike it anymore. I'm I'm going through it now. I'm actually I I I finally got into it. I'm finally into it now. I just don't love it. Again, this is this goes back to the same thing of of any other action sword swinging style game. Dark Souls and Bloodborne together, both on opposite ends of their own playing field, are pinnacles for me. And if combat doesn't meet those and or beat those, I, uh, I don't really like it. But I put a few more hours in Assault and Sanctuary, made a new character, started from the beginning, uh, beaten. I don't know if you could technically say what progress you are. I mean, I've beaten about four bosses now. And making my way through, and it's it's I mean it's about a about six about a seven out of ten, you know it's, it's good enough. So whatever didn't draw me back in the day, I am drawn to it now, and I'm playing through it. Thanks for reminding me of that because I was I was I was <laughs> like I know I'm forgetting some. I'm I've, 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 there's like seven fucking games I'm playing right yeah, now. I've actually since we started this made it a habit to pull up your Steam profile where it shows me what you've recently recently been playing. So I know I can ask you about something if you don't mention it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's already over. If it's not, it's it may be still fixing. It's bleh, I can't talk. It may be fixing to end, but the Steam Fall Sale was just happening. Yeah. I picked up. Uh, I've been meaning to pick up the Lego Lego Avengers move uh, game. No real, no real. Main reason why there are several Lego games, and from the trailers I see, from uh, gameplay footage, from reviews, I get a lot of humor in those games, and they're they're slightly collectathons. Both of those things together make me want to try them out. I I hundred percent so many Lego games. It's just fun to sit down and play, and it's like all right, I'm gonna hundred percent it because I'm just enjoying it. Well, good. That means I can get your opinion then. I've heard that the Lego uh, Avengers is apparently the best one of the bunch. Let's see. Uh, Lego Avengers. Um, I hope I'm saying that right. Are you talking about the... Marvel's yeah, Lego Marvel Ma- uh, Avengers? Yeah. What's it called? It's sitting over on my shelf that I can't see as usual. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah, physical copy of it? That can't be that um, old. Most of them, yeah. Well... It depends who it's bought for. If it's a gift Lego for... Marvel superheroes, yeah, that's so what it's called. I think that's actually one of the first ones since I've started playing with uh, Lego Batman Two that mm-hmm. I didn't hundred percent. 
And that was because I got frustrated with the race mechanics. Oh, it, oh man, you are speaking to me. Oh, you're speaking to me. I, I can't stand when I'm playing a game and they put fucking racing levels in it. I don't, it can be a Mario game. I hate it. Jack and Daxter did it. I think Ratchet and Clank did it. I hate when I'm playing a game and they're like, all right, now you gotta do a racing level. I don't want to fucking race. Stop making me race. I don't. <laughs> it, it was but, just ridiculous. Um, and I, could, I couldn't win any races because the controls were so terrible. I'm like, all right, there's no way I'm going to be able to do the harder races when I can't even control my way through the easy ones. Yeah. So I ended up giving up on that one. So I picked up that one. I haven't started it yet. That's going gonna, gonna to have to wait. I've got too many going on right now. <laughs> uh, I also picked up Vanquish which I do own for the 360 and played on the 360 and beat on the 360s. And I have purchased it again just to have it on my Steam account and have it on my computer. It's got better graphics. It is a it is one of the better Platinum games, in my opinion. I, I love it. It's generic fucking shooter, but it's it's got bullet time effects, so to speak. Uh, the way he changes his weapons, like he basically has one weapon that he uses, it just sticks out and it points, he just fucking points a gun, and it is an assault rifle, and when he changes it to a shotgun, the gun itself changes to a shotgun. Uh, I like his attitude, I like, I, I just, I, it's, it's, it has a lot of shooty, bang, bang, robot enemies. I like it, I enjoyed it. So I bought it again, and working my way back through that. I think, I think that is the only other game except for one more. <laughs> Making sure I'm looking. I'm looking. Chris. Yeah. Yo, ho, ho. <laughs> and a bottle of rum. 16. Holy shit, I like this game, bro. I am playing Assassin's Creed Black Flag. You hit the nail on the head with this one, buddy. I told this you. It's good. This is good. And let me tell you what. So, let me, let me go ahead and gush about this game for a second. I think I'm only about 10 hours into this game so far. So, it shouldn't be spoilery. I don't think I'll, I don't think I'll spoil much on this. But, uh, my outside vision. This is how out of touch I've been with this game. And sorry if y'all hear any noise. My rabbits in the background are going fucking crazy. <laughs> but, um, <sighs> I didn't understand exactly how in touch with the pirate theme Black Flag was. For some reason, no explanation. I can give you no backing to this. I just thought it was another like Assassin's Creed 1 or 2. And at times they would go to pirate themed areas and mm -hmm. that was it. Oh no, motherfucker. <laughs> this is a pirate game. Yep. Down to the fucking boards on your ship. Oh, man. Uh, I love it, man. And I've, I've, I've recently gotten the past to the point where I finally got my own boat. Yep. I mean, I guess, I guess that's a spoiler for people. You're Not a pirate really. and you will get your own boat. But I'm going to tell you right now, one of the most cherished things I love about this. This is just a little me thing. It's just a, it's one little comfort thing that makes me go, fuck yeah, every time I do it. I love getting on my ship, cranking that fucker out to the ocean, and pushing down on the, or pushing right on the D-pad, 
hey guys, sing me a tune. <laughs> and they start singing. They'll sing one. number. That was number one. I don't know why that's doing it for me, but I love that. Just being on the open fucking water and hearing your 10, 20 crew members singing a song. Not goofy, not goofy like, not generically, like singing like fucking pirates would do. You start out with like 10 or 15 songs. They randomly pick one. So I, right as, as of right now, I don't have a lot of repeats. But to make it better, oh, man. You can find more, they call them shanties, yep. out shanties. in the world, and they add the songs to that roster. So the more you explore in the game, the more you pick up these shanties, the more songs your crew will sing to you. That's one cool thing. Number two, I park my ship, I get off, I go to land, I go do something. Chris, I get back on my ship. I make my way up to the wheel, and the crew starts clapping and cheering. Yeah, there's our captain. Woo! They're happy to see me back on board. Fucking yeah, man. Yes. I love that. Yep. Um, The story grabbed me right off the bat. Oh, it's, oh, man. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm not going to, because I didn't know, I didn't know any of this. I know nothing about this story. And I'm mm-hmm. glad I didn't have it spoiled. But the way that you become an assassino, oh, I like it. Yeah. It, it it stumbles over itself how good it is at the beginning. Um, I like the battle. I like the, the on-the-seas battling. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's engaging. I'm picking up. I'm getting better at it. That first battle from the get-go was, oh, man, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, and I was picking up the tutorials at the same time and trying to figure out how to do it, and I want and I felt, I was like, yes, I fucking, yes, I did it. Have you started getting upgrades for your ship yet? I've started to get upgrades. Uh, the the version that I bought, I had a choice. I could spend nine bucks and get Black Flag, or I could spend 13 bucks and get the entire fucking deluxe package, yeah. which is all the DLC and all the pre-order shit, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got... There's fucking costumes that I've got for free. There's uh cosmetic things from my ship I got for free. Yeah. Uh yeah, they uh, you another thing is this was out of nowhere. I the first time I saw a little fucking sea turtle just wandering across the <laughs> beach, I was like, oh, "This is a fucking that's cool as shit." You know, you would you typically would see like a fucking toucan or a monkey or whatever. And I was like, "There's a fucking ocelot and a sea turtle." That's nice. I like that. Different. Authentic, even, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they they throw a little bit of uh, Far Cry 3 in there where you got to go kill enemies and skin them, and you, you can use their pelts to fucking upgrade your, your stuff, your holsters yep. or your or your gear. Um, Yeah, that was one of the things, and I didn't actually talk about this with Origins, but I know in Black Flag and a couple of the others, you skin the thing, and you actually have this little animation you go through... And then, you know, your screen kind of fades to black for a second, then you go back to your normal whatever you're doing. Origins, they cut that out, and I was so happy about it. Because (laughs) the materials play a much bigger part in upgrading your stuff. You need so much more of them that if you had to sit there and watch a cutscene every time you picked up something from an animal, I would have lost my mind. Um, (laughs) Go ahead. Uh, let's see. What else? What else? What else? Okay, let me talk about the negative things about okay. this game. There's only been one so far for me. 
it's when I left the fucking game and had to go to the Animus thing. Yeah. When I, this is, they're sticking to this and I understand it's the story. This, this, I mean, if you get, if you play Assassin's Creed, you get, you're in a fucking Animus. You're a person in the real world Mm -hmm. who's recalling memories or whatever. But I'm telling you, as soon as I jacked out of the fucking world and then went to the real world thing and they were doing the tutorial and giving me my tablet and walking me around, I was like, I don't like this. I don't like this. I want to be done with this. Please stop this shit. And this, again, let me, let me specify here, okay? It's not because they were doing a little tutorial. It's not that they were guiding me around and saying, you know, this is how you do this. And that was not that. It was that that was not the game. Right. I give two shits and a fuck about the real world shit going on. I don't care that I'm at some corporation and I'm some intern. To, I don't fucking care. You just want to go pirate. I wanted, I wanted to get back to that fucking game. So. I'm sure there's some overarching plot going on. I, I'm sure there's a reason why I'm doing what I'm doing, but I don't care. The story that I'm concerned about is my main characters, my main pirates uh, story. Yeah, and Black Flag and I think the game after it, um, Unity. I don't know if Unity was directly after what the order is, but around that time frame, those are the ones that had the worst uh, present-day story. So a lot of people felt the same way. It's like, okay, don't care about anything outside the Animus. Let me get back to being a pirate or whatever, you know, for the game. It's just, it's so crazy. And, and again, my my minimal history with Assassin's Creed is playing Assassin's Creed 1 for about an hour and doing the entirety of Assassin's Creed 2 and then maybe about 30 minutes of the third Assassin's Creed. That's all I've got. And when you think of Assassin's Creed, if you don't get to the black flag part, if you just hear Assassin's Creed, you know the typical shit. You know, he's got a, he's got a long kind of, uh, cloak jacket type of thing on. It's got the hood and he's got the blades on his arms. That's here. But you're a fucking pirate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you are, you have a crew. You have a quartermaster. You have other pirate friends. You have pirate enemies. You have the militia that's out to get you. You, you're, you're plundering, you're fucking yo-ho-hoing. I did not realize how much I like the pirate theme. <laughs> uh, I was thinking about this. I was thinking, why the fuck am I into this so much? Uh, I love, I'm just going to say this too. I love Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know one that I've hated. I've watched the first one about four or five times. I love the second one. I've seen that one probably 10, 15 times. Third one was okay, only about two or three times. I've seen the fourth one uh, about four or five times as well. And the new one I've only seen one time because I only went and seen the theater. But I love the pirate movies. And there is nothing in my life that designates me as a pirate-themed guy lover. Like, you know how when you go to a fucking person's house and they love The Walking Dead and they're really into zombies, they mm-hmm. have fucking zombie poster shits on their wall. Yeah. They got a little fucking survivor's kit mock-up thing. You know what I mean. Yeah. You come to my house, there's no... I mean, I'm looking in my house, there's nothing pirate-themed. So there's nothing about me that signifies me as, oh, this is right up his alley. This game hits the pirate theme on the head. I mean, really well. Authentic detail level. And it makes it fun. It makes it fun. From what I've heard from uh, the Easy Allies talk about this game is that the game likes to push you around a lot. And I mean that in a positive way. You don't 
Like when I went to when I if if I remember this right and stab me in the face if I'm wrong, please don't stab me in the face. That hurts. Uh, in Assassin's Creed Two, you, when you were in like a a general area, you were there for probably a good five, six, seven, eight missions, maybe yeah. even more. And then you then you kind of um unlocked more. You kind of mm-hmm. expanded the area. That's the general progression of games. Yes. This game, from what I hear, is like do two or three missions, get the fuck on your boat, and go somewhere else. Yep. Go to a new place. Do a lot of do a lot of fun, fun seafaring shit. A lot of ocean faring shit. Go to a new place. Do four or five, three or four or five missions. Go somewhere else. Do something. Go somewhere else. Do something. Go somewhere else. I like that. And in the middle, like you just can sail around the ocean and do whatever you feel like. Yeah. Or the sea, whatever yeah. it is in the story. I can't quite remember. I think it's an ocean. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever see pirate themed shit on the generic level and it's the fucking eye patch and the wooden leg and the mm. Arr, yo ho ho me matey. That's here, but not to that level. Yeah. It's to it you feel like the authenticity of what they're doing. You know, you feel the time and effort they took into this, which is not uncommon to this studio. You know, they've, no, they've done they this. They do before. a great job with it. Yeah. So um, all in all, right now, I mean, the, the main takeaway from this thing right now is that I am having fun. It is having fun to where it's kind of overshadowing my other games, <laughs> other overshadowing my other games. It's not taking me away. I'm still going to play the other games. I can, I've been, I've been able to do that for a long time. I can play multiple games. But as far as the most fun, like, I'll, I'll be quite honest. And it's because it's new and fresh and I'm, I, it, it's, it's the newer thing right now. I'm having a smidge, a teeny tiny pinch more fun with Black Flag than I am Valkyria Chronicles. Now, mind you, Valkyria Chronicles are two different fucking beasts. Oh, yeah. You have a strategy-style game set around a very, very uh, attractive, charming group of people with a serviceable story and and great strategy gameplay as opposed to be a fucking pirate and go do pirate shit. Yeah. So it's it's not like one is just ground. This is not. I'm not talking about fucking Breath of the Wild versus uh, <laughs> Mass Effect Andromeda. Okay, we're not talking that level. Yeah. But good fucking recommendation, bro. So I'm happy. Keep you. I might have to keep you in mind for some more recommendations of games. That was that's yeah. really good. I'm enjoying it. And you know. Uh, and again, not plan. I'm planning on doing a lot in this game, but I'm not going to beat it anytime soon. But. I'm working on it. Yeah, and, you know, that's why I said what I said about Origins compared to it. You know, Black Flag is just a great all-around game to play. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. Yep. That's what I like about it. Like, you can tell that there is a serious... This game has a serious underlining theme and tone and story, and I'm talking about the end game, the pirate story, mm-hmm. but it has so much fun wrapped around it. You know, yep. he no he is a carefree kind of pirate. You know, mm-hmm. he's not he's not fucking stern face and I'm gonna murder people and but he will if he has to because yeah. he's an assassino. <laughs> but the game takes itself seriously, but it's having fun while it's doing it, and I like that. That's a good note for a game to hit. You know. Yeah. Um, I think. I mean, as far as my week and reluctantly having to buy another fucking hard drive, that's really about it for me. Chris, 
What's it been like for you this last week? So despite being you know out of town for most of it, I actually have other games to talk about. Um, but before I talk about other games, I'm going to talk about the other game, the you know original games. So played more Assassin's Creed Origins because they released the next Trial of the Gods. It looks like it's on a every other week rotation. So loaded it up, checked. Sure enough, there was the quest marker. So I went, fought Sobek, killed him. Very disappointed in the fight. It's just like the first one with a couple of different enemies or a couple of different pattern things. You know, still the same thing. Shoot your arrows at his chest. Avoid the enemies. Pick up ammo. Shoot arrows. Repeat. Very boring. Um, very disappointing, too, because they have so much they could do with this. You're fighting gods. Why is this so easy? You know, and sure, I died the first time on the one I was doing because I didn't have the right bow equipped. But I change, you know, from one bow to another, and all of a sudden, I can win pretty much every time. Unless I do something stupid and reckless, which I did against Sobek, just testing stuff out. But it's like, okay. Um, But yeah, I loaded up just enough, just long enough to do that. And I am still three points short on my skill tree. And I had read where somebody was grinding the first Trial of the God fight to get experience because it was so much and it gave you enough money to where you could eventually buy points, you know, with the money. Um, or buy experience with the money, rather, which would lovely up and get points. Um, but I couldn't do that. There's no way I could sit there and grind, th- grind through 40 fights per level for three levels. Yeah, There's just you. no way. Um, but I did complete it just so I'd, you know, get the next item. And that's part of the set and go towards the completion thing. Um, and then I turned it off. <laughs> uh, I, just, I like that punctuation. I, it's, it's kind of disappointing because Origins is such a tec- technically good game. The design mm. of the game is great. Um, you're talking about the attention to detail that they did on Black Flag. That's present in Origins. You're in a desert. Desert things happen. You hallucinate. I mean, there's an achievement for getting one of the hallucinations um, as well. So that's something they threw in there. Doesn't do anything gameplay-wise. Doesn't matter at all. But it's an authentic thing. You know, you're out in the desert for long enough. You're going to hallucinate from all the heat and stuff. Mm -hmm. Because your guy's not sitting there drinking water, you know, or anything. He's just walking around without having to, you know, eat, drink, or shit. So, yeah. um, Yeah, but there's not enough fun things to do in the game as far as why would I just run around and do stuff. Um, Once I run out of objectives, I have no reason, you know. Black Flag, Mm -hmm. I can hop on my ship and just sail around for a while, and that's fun. Oh, Um, yeah. But, yeah, so, I mean, like I said before, I think I'm pretty much done with the game other than the Trial of the Gods as they release them every other week. I'll hop on, do that, and then move on with whatever else I'm playing. Um I made more changes, more updates to my uh, Twitch chat RPG bot thing. Um, added some traits. I think I don't know if I did. I think I talked about them, but I hadn't implemented them yet. Uh, where you kill a certain type of enemy, and then after at certain thresholds, you'll do more damage to that type of enemy. You know, you become more mm-hmm. proficient at killing that enemy. Um, yeah. And it certainly helped with the balance, because some things are ridiculously hard at this point unless you have that bonus. Um, and I also added gathering, so you can now mine, log, and forage. Uh, nice. Minor changes, but stuff, you know, 
after I played Assassin's Creed the other day, I was like, all right, I want to do something. I was like, I want to code something. I want to do some mm-hmm. change to my game. And I had done most of the framework for both of those features. So I was like, all right, I'll do this. Um, and I didn't really play anything else before heading out of town. And like I said, I bought the Switch at Walmart on Friday. Um, and Super Mario Odyssey was the first thing I played. Um, you know, I guess we should... Um... Not to interrupt you, yeah. but I totally forgot we did just have a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess real quick for mine, uh, unfortunately for me, uh, this we're talking about Thanksgiving mm-hmm. 2017. Uh, unfortunately, my wife worked that night, so I did spend it here at the house playing games. Oh, woe is me. <laughs> but, oh, man. My wife, I love her to death. This, this woman can cook. I'm telling you, Chris, this is one of those weird people that can just go in anybody's cabinet and just pick shit out mm-hmm. and just make you a fucking five-star meal. It blows my mind. She just makes stuff. But we had had the discussion beforehand, before Thanksgiving. She had, we had a, we had a big ham. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of turkey. This, I'm sure somebody's going to blow my mind with how good their mother's or friend's cooking is, but turkey always dries out for me too easily. Uh, let's say I don't hate turkey. I just rather I prefer ham because ham is always juicy and they always make it sweet and honey and you know yeah. I'm anything fucking sweet. So she had a big ham, like an eleven pound ham. She's gonna cook that and she's asked me what else I wanted. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't really eat a lot. I typically don't eat a ton. I maybe eat I'll I'll eat a little bit multiple times throughout the day, but in general I don't have like I'm the kind of person that goes to a buffet and I feel like I didn't eat enough, you know what I mean? Yeah. I paid I paid ten bucks for a buffet and I feel like I may have eat like three dollars worth. That's I'll eat a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was like I don't know, baby. You can, you can cook whatever you want. It's just gonna be me, and you know we'll have leftovers for a while. But so I come home. <laughs> Holy shit! Woman cooked a whole fucking eleven pound ham. Made a pan of green bean casserole. Made a green made a pan of green cabbage and, and bacon. Made a pan of mashed potatoes and gravy. Made a pan of cornbread, and I, I, be, I know I'm forgetting something. There's got to be something else. She made like five or six or seven different large courses of meals. I'm like, how the <laughs> fuck am I supposed to eat this? I'm like, you know what I eat. She was so proud. She just fucking holding her head up. Mm, so, yeah. so, so we did have leftovers for a while. I did, go, I did get to go to her family's place. I got to see the family there. Uh, I got to get some food. I got some. I got to try some spice cake. Uh, spice cake with some some white icing. Oh, it's fucking delicious! But I mean, it, I was off work and my wife was at work, so I just spent most of the day eating Thanksgiving uh, food and leftovers and playing games. So that was about it for me. Yeah, we didn't do a whole lot. Um, just hanging out. Um, I mean, I, I it was just another holiday. <laughs> Well, I mean, y'all went. Y'all said you went out of town, though, right? Yeah. So you just you just hung out with family and stuff. Yeah. I assume. Yeah, that's all we did. And like I said, Friday we went to Walmart where I grabbed the uh, switch while we were out, and I did that for the rest of the day, and then we drove back Saturday. Gotcha. Um, Which rolls into you saying you were going to talk about Mario Odyssey. Oh, I'm sorry. I made paper airplanes. That's Called what, out. Um, yeah. I heard that call out. Yeah, um, the the kids have a paper airplane book. You know, it 
it's not what I was expecting because when I think a book about paper airplanes, I'm thinking, you know, tons of designs, mm -hmm. uh, different styles. But really, there's four styles and they just had different patterns on the paper or five gotcha. styles, something like that. Anyway, but uh, yeah. yes, I made paper airplanes. Okay. Um, now I can move on <laughs> to games. Um, so, yeah, Super Mario Odyssey. Um, great game. Um, what do you know? It, a Mario game? Yeah, I know, right? And I talked before about how I was supposed to scratch that Mario 64 itch, and I think it does a good job of that. I was actually oh, thinking about it when I was thinking about that style of game, and I was thinking about, well, technically you have the Galaxy games that are, you know, the 3D Mario, but I don't know what it is about I think I might actually go have to go back and load them up to play them and, you know, control, fill the controls again. But it just mm -hmm. didn't, I didn't make that connection with those. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's that I wasn't consciously thinking about it at the time, um, like I was this time going into Odyssey. Mm -hmm. But it definitely gave me that, you know, Mario 64 feel. As as somebody who completed or 100%ed both of those games, yeah, I'd recommend you go back and give them a shot. Yeah. To me, their only downfalls, again, this is a, this is a raking, racing break-off thing, was, and I hope I got this right, and the first, oh man, I don't remember which one it was, and I should. There is a there's a racing style level in one of them where you're riding on top of a manta ray. There's like a level where the yeah. water's floating up midair. I didn't like that because it's it's racing themed. There's uh one of the I'm pretty sure it's the second one where it has a fucking bird. That you have to fly, you have to fly him through specific things, and if he hits something, he dies or something. I, I fucking hated those, but past those, those games are great. I mean, wow. I have nothing against the games; they just didn't remind me of '64. That's all. Yeah. Um, yeah. I beat the first one. I don't know if I actually beat the second one. I know I've played both. I know I beat the first one. Mm -hmm. I just can't remember where I left off on the second one. Um, anyway, so Odyssey, good game. Um, I've beat the story already, which it was kind of short, but even though I, and I say, okay, so I put, I'm trying to think how many hours, 10 hours, let's see, Friday I probably played for a good four or five hours. And then Sunday I played and I beat it on Monday. Wow. Or no, I beat it on Sunday. Because Monday I jumped into the next game. So I beat it on Sunday. So I only probably spent 12 hours on it total. Wow. Um, and that was not just going straight through the game. I actually got a lot of side stuff. Um, hmm. The I, If I'm not mistaken, the minimum number of moons, which are the equivalent of stars uh, yeah. in this game... Um, the minimum number of moons to beat the game is like 120, I think. Standard, sounds about right. And I'm up to 200 and something. So I've done side stuff. Um, let me let me let me take that back. Let me do my own well actually before I get hounded. Super Mario 64 had 120 stars total. Yes. I think the minimum to get to Bowser's final castle was 90. 70. Two. 70. Okay. Yeah. There we go. I mean, that, at least that's See what that, speedrun does. 
We just we just, well actually inside the own podcast. Yeah, that's why we don't do it at the beginning because we don't need to anymore. We've already handled it. We don't need it. to. We're just so good. We're yeah. so good. We're uh, never wrong. We're never wrong. So I've made pretty good progress. I've got you know my two hundred and some odd moons. Are you aware of how many there are total? No, I have. Listen, the more I hear about this game, I keep hearing an increased total. The first time I heard about this game, there was like, there's like 350 moons, and you only need like 100 or so to get through the main game. I was like, okay. And then Giant Bomb started talking. Yeah, that's like 500 moons. I'm like, all right. Somebody else. Oh, that's like 650, 700 moons. I don't know. I don't know. There are 999. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So me with my great progress I've made I'm at 200 and something. Don't you feel good? <laughs> so I I will go back to it and you know work on getting more moons. Um I did get a little impatient towards the end. I was like I know I'm near the end, so I won't spend a lot of time looking at stuff on the side. So I'll just go ahead and beat the game and then come back to it because there's some stuff you don't unlock until after you've beat the game. So I think you can only get 800 of them on your first playthrough if you did absolutely everything. And then you unlock some sort of hard mode um, where you can then get the rest or something like that. I don't know the exact mechanics because I didn't want to get too many spoilers. Um, yeah. Even though it's really Mario games and spoilers are kind of not really a big deal to me. Um, kind of, kind of, yes and no. And it's mainly, that it, it, goes to Zelda Breath of the Wild too. And that's because of the way these new games are. Mm-hmm. Because... You may say something like, I uh, I learned this new trick in Mario Odyssey. If you click this, press this, do this, he does this trick. That will actually spoil something for somebody because they want to find that on their own. Yeah. Same thing with Breath of the Wild. That's why I hated talking about Breath of the Wild. I fucking hated it because I'm like, I don't want to tell you anything yeah. because you can watch me play for two minutes and I'll have spoiled things for you. You will never get this. This will be nothing that you will... I feel like Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild both are experience mm-hmm. games. You know, they need to be experienced. You need to, here's the game, take it home and go experience on your own. Yeah, I will say that I probably had an advantage going into the game because I did watch parts of speedruns. I didn't watch the whole thing because, mm-hmm. again, I didn't want too many spoilers. But mm-hmm. I had seen some of the movement they did for the speedrun, and I did that in my run. And it made things so much easier, and it only somewhat gives you these this information about these other moves, combinations of moves you can do. Yeah. Um, and most of your hints come when you're going between worlds, because considering however how few worlds there are, which I don't know the exact number, but you don't see those hints often. Um, yeah. Unless you're going back and forth between worlds often, which I don't do. You know, I spend my time on world... I'm pretty much done with it as far as how much effort I'm willing to put into it at the moment, and then I move on. I don't come back yeah. to it. I'm just not doing that after beating the game. I say that, but I'm not, I haven't even gone back yet because there's another thing after the end of the game you can do first. Right. So I haven't even gone back yet, but you get these hints in between, and it's random. Mm-hmm. So it's not even like, oh, we're going to progressively tell you more complicated maneuvers or more complicated moves you can do. Sure, you can do your running jump, you know, traditional Mario 64 type running jump thing. I didn't get the hint about that till I was almost done with the game. And that's a very basic thing, and I didn't really need it um, because of other techniques I was using. But I'm sure I could have used it to speed up some stuff. Um, So it's kind of one of those, okay, explore the buttons, see what they do. 
And I will say I have one annoyance with the controls because the ground pound and the dive are on the same button, so it just depends when you press them, and it's mm. so frustrating. Yeah, I, uh, I don't like that, because ground pound is a pretty staple move for him since 64. Yeah, I mean, and the ground pound is, you know, I don't care about the ground pound part, it's the dive that's important to me. So when I'm uh, going to dive, because I need to go fast, because I'm on a timer, you know, it's a timed little moon thing where you have to get all these little icons before uh -huh. the timer stops beeping at you, I need to move. I don't have time to have my character stop midair, ground pound, and then, you know, three seconds later I can move again. That's three seconds yeah. I lost on this timed moon, and now I've just lost it because of that accidental ground pound. Um, so, yeah, the controls leave a fair bit to be desired, in my opinion. Um, and this was the game where I played it without the fake controller arm things to put the controllers in to yeah. make it more comfortable. So. You know, talking on move sets, that is one thing that I've heard a lot about this game as mm -hmm. well. Not only, not only are there lots of moons, but I hear that he has a huge move set. There are lots of different techniques and lots of different yeah. moves. Yeah, so another annoyance I have with these is there are moves that you can only do with motion controls. Oh, no, no, no. I don't like it. I and And when you have the controllers on the side of the switch screen, you can't do that. You're going to shake around the screen. You can't see what you're looking at anymore. And it usually isn't enough of a shake to recognize it for the move. Yeah. Something they're like, all right, I will shake this because I really need this move right now. And nothing happens because I don't want to shake my screen too hard. Cause I'm trying to play the stupid game. <laughs> yeah. You stupid game. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's been very frustrating. But since I have it on the controller hands, uh, arms, I will actually shake it a little bit for certain parts. Like, um, it will actually speed up when you're climbing. Mm. So it's like, oh, great. I get a boost when I shake the stupid controller, which I hate motion <laughs> controls for stuff like this. Uh, same uh, way, man. I think that adds to what I was trying to get at when I was talking about Mario Galaxy 1 and 2. Anything that does motion control specific, mm -hmm. I don't like it. That was one of the things that was going to... Thankfully, I got over that and found a control scheme where I didn't have to do it, but... Mm. Or maybe you still have to do it. I don't remember. But in uh, Donkey Kong Country Returns for the Wii, oh, man. They were like, yeah, you got a fucking motion control to roll or something. I was like, no, I don't fuck. No, thank you. <laughs> maybe it was to ground, ground pound. And there's actually a setting where you disable motion controls or something like that, and mm -hmm. it didn't do anything. I'm what? like, what did this option do? Because I'm going through the settings, looking at stuff, and it said disable something motion related. I was like, mm -hmm. great. Okay, cool. Give me alternative button scheme. I'll relearn everything. I don't care. Just get rid yeah. of the motion controls. Let me do my trolley hat move, which I can't do. Um, you can do it with the controller, but it's very hit and miss. Um, mm. If you're moving, the, and I haven't actually done it with the controller mo the movement, the motion, uh, mm -hmm. but it's, I imagine it's much easier to do then because it's recognizing the pattern you're twirling it in, whereas opposed to moving the joystick in the very specific rhythm and speed and everything to get it just right for it to do the move, I've done it like three times in the game. Wow. Um, I will say that the motion controls, you can get through the game without using them once. There are certain moons, though, that there's at least one 
that I can think of offhand where I do not think it is literally possible without motion controls being able to climb something mm. faster. Everything what? else I've been able to do without. So it's one of those things that's annoying, yes, but it's not stopping me from playing the game. It's just making me have to do alternative methods or be way harder than it should be because it was designed around motion controls. Yeah. I, I guess I could let one or two moons requirements go, but still, I just... I'm of the opinion that uh, if you're going to have motion controls in your game, it needs to be a standard that there needs to be a way to have it where it's not mandatory. Yeah. And I just like you said, an alternate control scheme... Get it another way. I don't care. If there is a level that says here is level 17, it is required that you do motion control. Needs to be a way to not have to do that. Even if you have a whole fucking level designed around it, needs to be a way to not because I don't like it. And I don't like you forcing it on me. And I'm not going to like it. The more that you force it on me, the more I'm not going to like it when I keep having to do it. I'll do it, though. I mean, I fucking did it in Galaxy 1 and Galaxy 2. Like I said, I 100% in both of those games, so I did everything that had to be done. I just didn't like it. You know, it's When I get to a level and it that fucking motion thing pops up, I immediately go, <sighs> All right, what the fuck do I got to do in this level? Got to fucking waggle the bird. Come on, bird, let's waggle. Yay. <laughs> I'm thinking somewhere there's a marketing team that's going, yeah, kids will love it. And there's a fucking kid on his couch just fucking doing backflips. I love motion control. Yeah, and I Fuck you, kid. You're ruining it for everybody. I didn't really have a huge issue with motion control on the Wii. That's kind of what I expected. But on the yeah. Switch with a device you're going to be, at least for some people, primarily holding with the controllers attached to it, it's yeah. not viable. Shaking screen motion control, yeah. just how you like it. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. This is, this is a good opportunity to talk about the future of where Nintendo's going. Not as a topic, but just in general. I think now, with the Switch being as popular as it is, with it having two pillar games on it, and I know there's more coming, just bear with me on this statement I'm making. You got... Breath of the Wild that kicked the fucking door open, kicked the door wide open, kicked the door off its hinges, and said, come at me, bro. You got Breath of the Wild, and now you have Mario Odyssey. These are two Nintendo pillars. These are two staple fra uh, franchises in the Nintendo's household. This is a golden opportunity for them to do the other franchises on the Switch as well, and if they can do them right, oh, man, it'd be so great. Yeah. They need to bring Star Fox back because they. I have it. I have not played it yet, but I hear Star Fox Zero did not sit well with anybody, anybody, because it, again, so. it had mandatory motion control shit in it. Um, now what else? Bring, I think what'll sell a lot of switches is when they bring a actual main line uh, Pokemon game to it. Yeah, there you go. There's another one, Pokemon. He's going to be a Switch-themed Pokemon and have it done exceptionally well. When If they could take this console and bring a lot of their big powerhouses back, and I'm not saying that's gonna, it's going to do anything more for them because, in my opinion, Nintendo's already up there. They're already up at the top echelon. Mm -hmm. But a console today that has a great Zelda, not a good, a great Zelda, a great Mario, 
a great Pokemon, a great Star Fox. Go ahead and get Retro, whoever whoever was doing uh, Donkey Kong, get another Donkey Kong Country back into it. Yeah. Get another Kirby back into it. And I mean a good Kirby, a, a not a fucking forgettable, just do it by the numbers Kirby. This is a time for them to get all their core franchises back and put them where the fuck they belong. Uh, Metroid, bingo, another fucking yeah, Metroid. Yeah, I know that's Metroid on the Prime, way, isn't it? Yeah, Metroid Prime. Metroid Prime Four is on the way, and yes, the the uh, Metroid uh, remake, Metroid Two remake was good, mm-hmm. but I'm up and down about it because Mario Odyssey is not in a French. It's not in a timeline. It's not in. It's not a sequel. Breath of the Wild is not in a timeline. It's not in a sequel. Right. Metroid Prime is supposed to be Metroid Prime 4. So that's not really standalone. They need to have a... Now, but then again, hey, I like Metroid Primes. I love Metroid Prime 1. So I don't... I'm not saying they need to deviate from the Prime thing and just make a different style of Metroid, but... Now, I, I, I wish it was a Metroid that was a standalone and not a continuation of a Prime story. Now, forgive me my ignorance on Metroid lore, but are they really that... It, I don't see them as being games where you really should go back and play them in order to understand what's going on or anything like that. Is that... Um, are you talking about the, talking about the Prime yes, ones? Yes, specifically the Prime um, ones. Here's the thing. Metroid Prime 1 has its own story. It it's, doesn't really involve the Metroids prior. Mm-hmm. It starts fresh, so to speak. Metroid Prime 2 takes place with a whole different world, a whole different... It it centers around this other race, so to, so to speak. Yeah. But the the main story comes back into play at the very end of the game, if mm-hmm. I remember right. I, oh boy, here we go, (laughs) I have played Metroid Prime 3 twice. Both times I have quit that game about two or three hours or four or five hours into it. It's got the most, I just just can't get the most control shit, it's just not for me. And that's going to kill people's soul, what I just said. Because from what I hear, in everybody's opinion, the motion control way... Playing Metroid Prime One, Two, and Three because I think they released it on the Wii U later mm-hmm. as a remastered version, where it's just the most control is the superior way and the best way to play those games. I didn't like Prime Three. I didn't like it for the characters they put in. I didn't like it for the controls. Not saying it's a horrible game. I made my way. I made it a decent way through that game at, at the second playthrough. But I play. I have played Prime One. Number one, I played it. I, I did the maximum I could. I think I beat that game at 230-something with 100% on hard. I played Prime probably six, seven, eight times. I played Prime 2 about three or four times. I cannot make it through Prime 3. So I don't know where the continuation of that story goes. Okay. I think it picks back up. I They're kind of standalone, but kind of not. I think it would be better for you to play all three in a row. And not only, especially because Prime 1 is such a good game. You know, you're not missing out. You're missing out if you're not playing that game just on principle. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe they could take Metro Prime's 2, Metro Prime 2's, uh, idea and put it on 4. Maybe it's, it's gonna take place 
in a whole different area, and it's going to kind of sort of tie into the Metroid Prime story. You know, who knows? But we'll see. We we will see. I just I really hope that the Switch, which is going to be around for a while, I hope all the big guns come out. Because we're not, I mean, we haven't talked about, there's, uh, I'm assuming there's an Animal Crossing coming. I've heard about that. Uh, maybe a Pikmin. I think I heard about a Pikmin coming. I hope I'm not wrong. Uh, uh, there's a Xenoblade Chronicles 2 coming yeah, out, which everybody's going to. So, I mean, yes, there are, there are going to be a bunch of great games. I'm not saying that the, it's, it has to be just the main, the main canons, but. It needs, I, I want it to be. I want all the big crew to come back on the Switch and have really just fucking 9.5, 9, 10 out of 10 games. Yeah, I think this is the time for them to do it. I mean, the Switch is a really interesting piece of hardware with how they've combined a fairly traditional console approach to portability, you know, to make yep. it portable. And that's just... I mean, that's how I, you know, just one of the reasons I bought it, even though there are two games I care about playing on it. Um, Breath of the Wild I have on Wii U, so I'm not going to rebuy yeah. it. Um, yeah, me neither. I've made that decision. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not, you know what? I'm not missing out. Yeah, I mean, I went through <laughs> the, and it, so here's another thing I wanted to talk about on the Switch, and I just remembered it. I didn't, I actually was bad and didn't write this one down to talk about. But I actually went through Amazon looking at games for the Switch to see, okay, what else would I possibly want to play? And it was rather disappointing. But then I yeah. kept I kept paging through, and I kept seeing a lot of, oh, Japanese only. And they were games that I would probably play. Um, one of them was related to Secret of Mana. Um, it was, I think it was a kind of remaster set thing. I don't know if it's actually remastered or just a re-release of yeah. certain games. But it looked interesting. You know, old school RPGs? Sure, sign me up. Um, what else was there? There was something else that I saw that was also Japanese only. And I was like, well, these are two games I would buy and play right now. But, oh, I don't read Japanese, so I'm not going to buy them. <laughs> <laughs> so it's... it's. I thought we were over this. I, I'm sure I know there's some games that come out in Japan. There's, I mean, I say some. There's tons of games that come out in Japan. We never hear about... But they're usually not games that we care about, or they would have released yeah. over here. But yeah. I thought we were past these days where games that people actually play around the world are still only coming out in Japan. It's I don't I don't see why they I don't understand why they would go back to that. Um, I don't not know for either. games and series I've heard of. It's got to be still a fucking money thing. And it's got to be so that it's apparently games just need to make millions and millions of dollars. Potentially have to be able to make millions of dollars for people to care about it. Because that, 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 I mean, there's also logistics into it. Yeah. Let's not forget. There's also translation. There's also the rewriting because all that Japanese things. Yeah, Japanese, you know, nuances and phrases not everything translates to english properly and vice versa so blah blah blah. i get all that but i think that more that that should play more to the text heavy games you know if a game is not a rpg 
which is mainly text or mainly narrative, mm-hmm. if it's a action, if it's an adventure that has minimal, eh, yeah, y'all can y'all can do that. Y'all can y'all can y'all can get that done. I I just feel it still comes all down to money, and our voices are not big enough. Hell, I think uh, I think Earthbound ran into this back in the day, not not uh, not like the original Earthbound. Maybe it was a mother. They were they signed some big petition to get it brought back to get it bring brought over here, and it didn't. I don't know. Somebody research it and let me know, or just tell me about it if you know about it. I'm sure there are a lot of Earthbound fans out there, a lot of mother fans. Sorry, but. It's just another problem that we still have to this day, and I agree with you a hundred fucking percent. It to me that that rivals the problem of the, the two big issues that I can't stand that that go on to this day. One is the translation and bringing either number one either bringing games over here or bringing games over from here to over there. But two, Chris, explain this shit to me. Explain to me to where it makes sense that in two thousand fucking seventeen, every single game released does not have a customized controls the way you want to. Yeah. That should be a staple for every game. I do not care what game it is. I'm sure there's ones that could have some kind of reason behind it, but it makes, especially on PC, every single game, control option A, control option B, control option C, customize. Map it the fucking way you want to. Yeah. I don't know. These are two things that I, I just don't understand, and uh, we're, I guess we're not going to get it. Yeah. Chris, you think that was it for your week? Um, no, actually, it's not. Oh, hell yeah, here we go. So, there were two games I mentioned that were the reason I wanted to switch. The first was Super mm-hmm. Mario Odyssey. Or actually, mm-hmm. I should say the second, because the first, in order of release, was Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Really? Now, have you played XCOM? Or you know anything about it? I know little to nothing about it. There's even a, I think two best friends have a playthrough, and I didn't really care for it. So I I, I care for it as in not watching it, or you watch it and turned it off or something uh, like that? I'm I'm just going to click, I'm going to wipe the whole slate clean, because I don't remember anything about it, and I haven't had it in my hands nor have I played it to make okay. my own judgment. So I am completely ignorant to it all. So XCOM is a turn-based strategy game where you're controlling your individual units, uh, your, I don't know what they actually call them, your soldiers, um, and you're fighting aliens. That's the whole thing, extraterrestrial combat unit or whatever you are. Um, that's mm-hmm. the premise of the game. So you have basically tiles, you know, you don't, they're not visible tiles, they're the, you know they're there type tiles. Um, but it's a tile-based strategy game, you position your troops, you shoot based on your line of sight, look distance, perks, character stats, etc. You have variable hit percentages, you have abilities, different types of ammo, all these, you know, nuances to make this game a extremely complicated and often overly difficult game. Now, mm. I love XCOM. Um, I've played 1 and 2 and the associated DLCs. Um, I beat XCOM 1. I still have to finish XCOM 2. Um, I I just got frustrated with it because it was so hard. Um, and that's what XCOM is known for is there's actually a, a phrase that was coined 
getting XCOM'd because you expect something to happen and then it just all goes to shit. And that's getting XCOM'd. Mm. You know, you have a 99% chance to hit, you miss, you got XCOM'd. Your point blank yeah, range, you know, the enemy's literally on the tile next to you. You shoot them with a shotgun, you shoot behind you or something. You completely miss. XCOM'd. Wow. So, you know, that. Where did, the, it, did that originate in this game? I mean, that's where the 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 phrase came from. Yeah, getting XCOM because you just and you know you'll die from your guy getting mind controlled or whatever, panicking, throwing a grenade at your own people or something. You know, something to end up ruining your game, your day, your playthrough, your life, whatever. You know, that's right, XCOM. Right. right. Um, gotcha. And that's on normal difficulty. Wow. <laughs> I'm not one of those crazies that will uh, ratchet it up to legendary. Um, and then mm. playing through it on Iron Man where you don't have saves because it's one of those games that people will save scum. I've done it before and sometimes I don't have an issue with it because it's so yeah. utterly ridiculous how bad it can get. Um, wow. But <clears throat> so I love XCOM, the strategy game, even though it's super hard. I enjoyed the play, the gameplay of it. Um, the story is what it is. It's not bad, but it's not, you know, mind-blowing uh so when i saw mario plus rabbits i was like all right first off mario great rabbits yeah hilarious um i'm not sure <laughs> if you played any old rabbits games on the wii or anything like that uh, no. i have one of them and it's kind of a party game type thing where you have all the mini games from like a mario party or something but they're mm -hmm. rabbit themes which rabbits are uh you know the minions from the spickle me yeah think of them they're basically yeah and you know kind of crazier uh, often more, I don't want to say adultish humor, but uh, more advanced humor. Not as yeah. not quite as childish as minions are. Um, but they don't, you know, have real voices. They just make their noises and stuff and do funny gags. Uh, hilarious. Love the rabbits mm -hmm. uh, thing in general. So it's like, all right, Mario plus rabbits. All right, I'm sold. Oh, by the way, this is a tile-based strategy game like XCOM. Okay. I'm uh I'm gonna buy it. So I did. Um and I'm enjoying it. It definitely simplifies the whole strategy aspect as far as of, it's of course it's yeah, Nintendo yeah, yeah. Mario is gonna do that. But as far as you know, like your hits, you um you have three percentages you can have to hit. Zero, fifty, and a hundred. There's no in between. Um, yeah. You have a chance to crit, which is another percentage, which is, you know, 10, 20, etc. Um, but if they're behind full cover, you have a 0% chance. If they're behind half cover, 50% chance. If they're out and they open, you are going to hit them. Yeah. It's not like XCOM where the person's literally next to you and you have a chance to miss. Um, and you often will. So... And on top of the percentages, and XCOM has destructible cover too, but you still on uh, Mario plus Rabbids have a purpose of shooting at someone behind cover because you will um, destroy that cover after enough hits. So someone's mm -hmm. across the map and you have all, you, you have three people on your team. If you have all three of your attacks, I believe it's three typically to destroy the cover. Um, I think some weapons do more damage to cover than others, but I haven't really noticed a difference between characters. Um, so you can generally knock out the cover in three hits, I believe it is. Um, and then they're open the next turn, but 
it's usually it's sometimes worth it because usually then your turn's over and they just move to a different cover so have you really accomplished anything but it could be the difference between them being behind full cover and being between uh being in half cover so you at least have a 50 percent chance um mm. there are unbreakable covers like there'll be metal blocks and stuff on the field that you cannot destroy um but it still has a high level of strategy required for certain things. Um, there are, based on what the game tells you, um, there are four worlds in the game, and I believe there are ten stages per world, or ten fights per world, as far as the mm -hmm. base story. Um, but once you complete an area... Then it unlocks more stuff in that same area. So they, it unlocks challenges. And then there's a secret area which has more fights. More, much more difficult fights. Um, as in, I don't think I should be there yet fights. Because you can upgrade mm -hmm. your characters. Um, you start out with Mario, Rabid Luigi, and Rabid Peach. Those are your characters. Um, mm -hmm. They have different weapons. Um, different abilities. So one of the things I like about it is you have three actions you can do every turn. You can either use your weapon, move, or use an ability. Um, and you are, I say or, you can do all three. So that's an and. You attack and you move and you use an ability. And you can do them in any order you want to. So you can shoot and then move or you can move and then shoot. Um, which it sounds like something like, okay, why is that a big deal? Well, XCOM... You typically, once you shoot, you cannot move um, because the move, the shooting takes two actions and move only takes one unless you have perks and blah, 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 blah. Um, so be, having that freedom to choose, okay, I want to attack, then move, or move, then attack, and they have this whole mechanic where you jump off your teammate's head to go even further. Uh, I say jump off their head, but they usually actually do an animation where they're boosting you up into the air. It's not like literally jumping on their heads, Mario style. Um, that's reserved for the enemies. Um, so it completely adds a whole nother layer of dynamics to the battlefield strategy. Because like, oh, no longer am I walking in this sort of straight line to the areas I need to be at, or these, this path. If there's higher ground, I can, instead of walking around, you know, up the path, I can have someone boost me up and jump onto the higher ground from directly oh, next nice. to it. So I've now gained the high ground, which you do more damage from high ground, and all this, and your strategy is completely, it adds another dimension to it, you know? Right. So it's it's really fun. Um, it's certainly a nice change from an actual XCOM game, but still maintaining some of that fun gameplay with a turn-based strategy. Um, mm -hmm. I finished the first world. I haven't even progressed to the next one because I'm working through all the challenges on the first one before I do so. Um, but I'm enjoying it. The, and, you know, I'll tell you this. Even if I didn't, even if I was against, I will say this to people that are not in the same boat as me. If you are against XCOM, if it wasn't your bag of, bag of whatever, Nintendo has a long history of making fun games regardless. Oh, yeah. Like, you give them a property, they're going to Nintendoize it whatever way they choose, and they're going to make it fun. Now, 
There are exceptions to the rule, like maybe Mario and Sonic Olympic games aren't that great. I don't know. I'm not an Olympic game fan. I don't know. <laughs> but I bet you damn well they tried. Yeah. They're, they're known for doing this. They're known for taking property. They, they do the opposite of what EA does. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a jab right there. Oh, yeah. Topical jab. Yeah, but truth right hurts there. sometimes, you know? It certainly does. It certainly does. I'm glad, glad Nintendo stepped but- in. Uh, I will agree wholeheartedly that whatever your feelings are on XCOM, give it a try. Unless you literally don't like the genre of turn-based strategy. I mean, any of the reasons you probably didn't like XCOM probably are a non-factor with this. Does Do the rabbits factor of this game work for you? Are they, are they, are they doing it for you? So, I was a little curious about how... So, when I went into this... My expectations were they just threw rabbits into Mario and you're just running around doing something, you know. There's actually a plot behind how the rabbits got here with Mario. I was like, okay, there's an actual plot here. I'm not just running around killing bad guys to, you know, save a princess like traditional Mario games, you know. Um, I actually have a completely different objective that the princess may or may not tie into. I have no idea at this point. Um, Would it be a spoilery thing for you to tell why they're together? No, I don't think so. It's an intro cutscene. Um, oh, well. It's it's just the surprise of it, really. It's the only thing that you'll lose out on. So Yeah. Um, I mean, we can leave it. It's fine. I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you about it, because I, I want to kind of see your reaction to it anyway. Okay. So, you know, spoilers for the first minute of Mario plus Rabbits. Um, You've been warned. So the intro cutscene is with a human person sitting at their computer, and they have designed, they just got back from some conference or whatever they were at, demonstrating this piece of technology they created, which when they looked like a pair of VR goggles. So at first when she was like, oh, they don't appreciate or see the, uses of our device we've created she puts on vr goggles or he Mm -hmm. she i can't remember i think it's a she um they put on vr goggles i'm like okay vr that's where we're going with that's the virtual mario plus rabbits thing okay got it that's not it at all these goggles are actually a device that will combine two objects so i think the example they use in the uh cutscene as she's describing to her little AI assistant that is inside the goggles, you know, it's the computer AI thing, assistant, you know, mm-hmm. your Cortana for it. Uh, yeah. She combines a teddy bear with springs, so it has springs for Lex. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So she gets up, walks out of the room after, you know, the headset's having some issues. It has overheating issues or something like that, so she's like, alright, we still gotta work out these drat, you know, puts them down, walks out of the room. Well, all of a sudden, in the middle, and it looks kind of like a garage with the layout. Well, all of a sudden, in the middle of this floor, a washing machine appears. And it has rabbits in it. Apparently, this is the rabbits time travel machine slash washing machine. <laughs> so, okay. It's okay. rabbits. Sure. I'm not, I, I'm surprised and not surprised at the same time, you know? It's yeah. like, all right. It, I, I, yeah, sure. It's not beyond what I'd expect from them. Um, and so the person who made the device 
is a fan of Mario. There's posters up, there's plushy toys, things like this. So the rabbits start going crazy, as they do. They start tearing up the place, and one of them puts the goggles on, starts combining stuff, and then something happens to the washing machine as part of this, so they all get sucked back in. Um, all the rabbits do. And with them go some of the Mario uh, posters and stuff. So all of a sudden, this time machine is malfunctioning and warps them into the Mushroom Kingdom. Gotcha. So we're now in the Mario world, and there's some portal thing open, and all this stuff is going on, and the rabbit with the goggles on stuns them on, and he's combining things, and um, some of them are harmless, you know, and actually help you and whatnot. And but other ones, bad rabbits are being are things are being combined with rabbits and it's turning them bad. And that's how you get your mm-hmm. enemies and then your bosses is they're combined with something. Um, yeah, like one of the bosses, and it's not a big boss. It's just one of the mid bosses is a piranha plant combined with a rabbit. So it spits fireballs and stuff like that and looks like a big piranha plant that's walking around um, on its roots. So that's the overall. Okay premise of the game and your whole objective is you know to fix this right so you're going through the with the help of the non-bad rabbits to stop the bad rabbits you know generally from what i've heard about this game from xcom and non-xcom people alike i'm just keep throwing that out there because i've I've heard people mention xcom a lot Mm -hmm. in reference to this game is that yeah it's fun and i'm not surprised by that at all again i'm not trying to repeat myself just saying that I know Nintendo's good for that. I know they're good for taking things in. They're the company that you can, that they can go, hey, tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna take and I, we're gonna take Metroid. And they're like, all right, cool, cool. We're in a boot for a new Metroid game. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna change it up a little bit though. We're gonna make it a first person shooter. What? Because that was me back in the day. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm, I don't know about this. And it was good. Um, now, mind you, I don't think that was strictly Nintendo. I think that was Retro Studios. Uh, I don't think I'll give Nintendo proper credit for that one. Um, but the the point I'm making is this: this is just another example. You have something. You have an outside source where people are telling you, "Hey, guess what? We're taking Mario. All right, we're taking Rabbids." Uh, okay, okay, sure. And they put them together, and they give you fun. Yeah. So, yes, yes, good. Yeah, so I, I'm enjoying the game. The only thing I wanted to mention about the Switch was, have you seen the games? I haven't, but because my my Switch fever dropped off after I finally got my own Wii U mm-hmm. and got Breath of the Wild for the Wii U, so I haven't strictly been following the games uh not so no not really yeah. so you know the ds games they're like little card the cartridge teeny, yeah. oh yeah little, little tiny. the switch things are even smaller and look just like sd what? cards what yeah they're basically sd cards is what i think i mean i imagine it's probably the pretty close to similar technology and it's just a sd card you know, get an 8 gig SD That's card, crazy. throw a game on there, and then make it compatible with whatever proprietary Nintendo stuff. And you've got a Switch game. 
I I misinterpreted the question. I thought you meant like, have I looked at like the titles? Like, oh no, no, no. I meant the physical. No, you meant the actual. Have you yeah. seen the games? No, that's crazy. Yeah, I I noticed the case of them was smaller than the others, and I was like, okay, you know, that's the GameCube had the really tiny discs or whatever. Yeah, GameCube had the tiny discs. Not surprising that they do something else like that. But yeah, they're actually little SD cards. Which was another reason I was really glad I decided to go digital because those things oh, are yeah. so annoying. <laughs> um, yeah, I and when those don't read, there's nothing you can do about it, pretty much. Yeah. Anything else for your week, Chris? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think I had something else, but I've I have forgotten it. Okay. Either way, I think Black Flag kind of took over. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we will roll right into our topic, our last bit of talking for tonight. Uh, tonight's topic is going to be kind of a brief one, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, and not really a point-driven topic, more more just us reminiscing and blabbing about... Uh, we're going to be talking about video game peripherals. These have been out around for a long time. Oh, yeah. They've been around in, in my lifetime. They've been around since the Atari 2600, but of course, they've as long as consoles have been around damn near, we've had peripherals. All right, so I want to open um, this up with another question, just like I right. did last week. So what is your favorite peripheral that you've personally owned? I, well, I wish I had a, I wish I had a more flashy wham-bam answer <laughs> for people, but I, I'm going to say that there are, there's one because, and I'm gonna say this one because I used it the most, mm-hmm. and I, I've had other ones like this that all revolve around the same theme. I have to this day a Mad Cats, boo, hey, whatever. It was Mad Cats. <laughs> they were good back in the day. I have a Mad Cats Turbo controller mm-hmm. for the PlayStation One. It had the select start. It had a reset. Turbo and slow button, all on the same controller. And it was the type to where I hold the actual turbo button down, and then I hold what, and I press whatever button I want to go turbo, turns on turbo. I push reset, do the same thing, it takes it off. I love that thing. I've had it forever. I've always been a big fan of turbo controllers, even though I can press buttons really fast. I like having a turbo controller, and I like having a pause button as well. Um, now you kind of put me on the spot to think of any <laughs> other ones, but the fact that I have had that damn near as long as I've had my PlayStation, and I have it still to this day, and would still use it today, depending on the game, is probably my favorite one. Good choice. So, mine is a Game Boy peripheral. <gasps> I had one of the... God damn it, I forgot about that one. I had the magnifying slash light thing that went over the top of it. Uh So I didn't really care about the magnifying, but that light was so useful. Let me play, you know, any time of day or night, and I was able to see the screen. Um, I don't think I used any other peripheral, non-standard peripheral, as much as I did that. I will I will agree and I will say 
Probably because the same reason. I haven't used the. I didn't use this one as long. I think I either sold it, traded it, or I just. I've had that controller. God, we're talking about close to 15, 16 years now. But my next, right underneath it, I I think my mom may have gotten this for me. I think I think she did. There was a peripheral, and I'm sure it had a name. I need to feverishly look this up before I get the name wrong. But it was for the Game Boy as well. It was like the Mega Boy, like the Super Super Boy, Super Mega Boy. It was, okay, so it had the magnifying glass in the front, mm-hmm. number one. It had a light with the magnifying glass, mm-hmm. that's two. It had two stereo speakers that folded off oh, to yeah. the other side. That was three. I don't know if I had and that. I didn't really use it this much, but it also had a joystick slash raise buttons adapter you could put on your Game Boy. That was four. I love that thing. The main the main reason why is because when I got that, I also got Metroid Metroid Two around the same time, and to hear that music, to hear the intro music and the game music with that stereo music on, oh. And then I played Link to the Link. I mean, uh, Link's Awakening with that music on, with that with those speakers blasting stereos. I mean, we're talking fucking Game Boy music, folks. Mm-hmm. We're not talking fucking you know stellar music. But to go from having that little bitty speaker off of the bottom right hand corner of your Game Boy to having two fold out louder, bumping, blaring speakers playing, you know, met, let, Metroid music or Zelda music or Mario's, uh, Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins music, whatever. Oh, it was great. I loved it. Had, didn't have it for that long, unfortunately, for whatever reason, but I, I remember it and I loved it. Yeah, I remember seeing that. I don't know if I saw yours or someone else's, but I didn't have that one. I just had the screen and light, um, version. Yeah. And, uh, and again, it, it also, of course, having the magnifying glass and the lights, was great. It was called the Handy Boy. That's what it was. The Handy Boy. Uh, I used the light and the magnifying lens. The magnifying lens. Magnifying lens. I had a magnifying lens, Chris. I used the magnifying light. The God dang it! I can't talk. Hello, my name's Michael, and I talk in my own podcast. I I use the magnifying lens and the light and the speakers. Almost every time I played it. Mm-hmm. Almost every time. I didn't need the light if it was daytime, mostly. But I didn't really use the joystick and the raise button feature thing. It didn't really work for me. I think I tried that immediately out the box and was like, eh, I don't like it, and just never used it. But really, to be quite honest, it was mainly for those speakers. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. But, um... What are some other notable ones in my life? Uh, when I had my Atari 2600, you can check out episode I don't remember. Uh, we were talking about uh, which episode? I think it was 15. We're on 19 now, correct? Yeah. So I think that was 15. That was right when you was when you came back. Uh, my grandmother purchased an Atari 2600 for me way back in the day, close to 28, 29 years ago. With that came with 20 games, but it also came with two or three, like, tennis p- 
paddle peripherals. I never really used them because I didn't have a tennis game. <laughs> it came with a couple extra joysticks, and it came with something else. I just forget. It was just a box full of Atari 2600 goodness. I did have an NES Advantage back in the day. I mean, of course, when I have a Nintendo, it did come with a joy. It come with a zapper. Yeah. I mean, I had that. But I did have an NES Advantage. Surprisingly, aside from the fact that it had a turbo and a slow button as well, I didn't use that that much. For me, playing Mario or Zelda or n- n- a number of games on the Nintendo with an arcade stick <laughs> it didn't really work for me. But you, Chris? What one comes to mind? I mean, really, the whole duck hunt with the gun, that's kind of the first thing that pops in my mind after the Game Boy. Because yeah. that was really the first big one that I experienced. Um, mm-hmm. uh, talking about controllers, you know, I've never really been into the whole arcade joystick thing that, you know, people like to use for fighting games. Mm-hmm. I had one for Sega Genesis. And I I think that was actually the last one I had. I don't think I had one on PlayStation. Yeah. Um, I don't think you, neither one of us are huge fighting game fans yeah. for one, so. But I just, I mean, I still have it. Um, it's in my box with my Sega Genesis stuff. Uh, <laughs> but I just, I have no desire to use it. I don't really, I, it just doesn't do it for me. Um, I mean, that, that, that's kind of how I felt with the NES Advantage. For anybody that doesn't know, the NES Advantage was a, it was basically like an, an arcade stick for the Nintendo which only had two buttons and the D-pad, you know, not not talking about start and select. But, again, I'm trying, to me, there are a lot of people today, and I'm sure you know some, Chris, there are a lot of people that love to play classic games using a, a keyboard. Now, I'm not saying anything against that if that's the way you want to play. Play the games how you want to play them. But for me... Playing like Mega Man Four on an arcade stick, it just, just doesn't feel right. I don't feel like I'm getting the same response. Uh, a lot of people swore by it. A lot of people liked it, but again, aside from the fact, I think not only did it have a start, a uh, a turbo and a slow button, I think it had a varistor in it where you could adjust how much turbo you got. So I mean, that's cool, but. I mean, we're just being a dead horse. It was an arcade yeah. stick. I didn't play many fighting games. <laughs> it's a Nintendo. It wasn't many fighting games anyway. Going back to the Game Boy, did you ever have one of the cameras or the little printer that you could get with it? Nuh-uh. I had heard about it. I, I thought it was a really cool yeah. idea, but I never had one. Um, I mainly remember that revolving around the Pokemon because people would print out Pokemon pictures. Yeah. yeah. There was, I think you posted a video to Facebook where I actually referenced that in it uh, in the last week or so. Um, Now, I'm not sure if you would count as a peripheral, but what about the Super Game Boy? Yeah, you know what? Might as well. I thought that was a great thing. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love that. Uh, Go ahead, but I love the, I love, I love the, uh, the way the, when you can make the custom borders, it had like a lot of different <laughs> color options. Oh man, I love that thing. I mean, I I didn't really care about that. My whole thing was I was able to play this game on my TV. Yeah. I mean, sure, Game Boy is nice for travel and stuff, but when I'm at home, just like we're talking about the DS and whatnot, and 
you know how much you want to actually play it at home when you could play a different console and whatnot. Um, yep. But when you're at home and you want to play a Game Boy game, throw it in the Super Game Boy. Hey, it's up on your screen, and you can play it with the Super Nintendo controller. This should have been a standard from. This should have been everybody should have jumped should have jumped on board with this. Yeah. Everybody. Any way that you could make it where you could take a portable, you know, insert portable console here, that should have the ability to play on a TV. Yeah. Love it. I didn't even talk Love about it. it with the Switch, but it is so easy to go from playing on the Switch screen to a TV. It's literally setting it in the stand. You don't have to close wow. the game. You don't have to do anything. You just literally drop it in. Make sure the where the power cord goes in is also it's a USB port, essentially. Um, I've actually, it almost fits my phone's cable. It's only a minor difference. Um, all I do is make sure that lines up. As soon as it hits, it switches the output to the TV, and you're moving on to what you do. The controllers wow. don't desync because it's all the same console. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So easy. So now I've got this portable device that I can also play on my TV, and if I want to go back to the bedroom, I just pick it up, walk back to the bedroom. How satisfying is the clicking and unclicking of the controllers? Uh, as far as sliding them onto the screen? Yeah. So they lock into place and you actually have to press a button on the back to unslide them or to slide them mm-hmm. off. So I haven't mm-hmm. had, there's no issue with them, you know, falling off accidentally or anything like that. Um, they slide right in, they click in place, and you're done. I mean, I. It, I hear a lot of people talking good things about the clicking, like they love the, uh, it's like a satisfying. I'm not click. one of those people. I don't, I'm not the <laughs> ASMR clicking, funny, whatever. Idea. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I'm not an audio person. Um, gotcha. I'll leave that to you. Uh, I'll take it. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it's really satisfying being able to do that. And we were doing that with the Super Nintendo and Game Boy. So why yeah. have we not really done it since then? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I also remember the. I think you may have had one, the Turbo Touch 360. Do you remember that? Uh, I think you had one for the Sega. It was either yours or Andy's. What? I don't even know what you're talking about. It's a Turbo. Oh, good God! It's a Turbo Touch 360. So the idea is, it is a turbo controller, uh-huh. and on the left side where the D-pad would be. Is a it's an octagon shaped, but it's basically a three sixty touch. Oh no, that wasn't me. That was Andy. Oh, okay, so he had it. I yeah. remember playing it at, at our aunt and uncle's. But uh, yeah, I just googled it because I, I had no idea what you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I I recognize it looking at it now, but no, I yeah. don't have that. Uh, I specifically remember us playing. We were playing uh Street Fighter two. Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, I think. EX plus Alpha? No. No. This was, uh, this was on the Sega Genesis. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah. PlayStation. Yeah. I remember I was playing Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo Edition, something, whatever. Yeah. And I remember, I remember me. Oh, that's right. I remember now. I remember wanting to use that Turbo Touch 360, and I kept it because I just didn't want to say anything. 
but I really didn't like it. <laughs> because the 360 pad on that thing was way too sensitive. I never felt like I had it was I never felt like it was registering my controls right. Mm-hmm. I never felt like it was getting my movements right. The turbo part of it worked just fine. Uh I think it had individual you could you could turn on individual turbo for individual buttons and the turbo part worked good. But I'm trying to do a fireball with a 360 pad, which is what I felt like this thing was kind of marketed yeah, for. Makes sense. And it just wasn't working for me. I think I actually own one of these myself, also for my Super Nintendo, and I don't think I had that for too long. Mm-hmm. Great idea. I got what they were going for. Instead of having a D-pad, you had a literally a 360 degree touch pad. But my fucking large man fingers i just couldn't get it to work i guess yeah that's what i'm blaming it on i'm blaming it on you hands <laughs> blaming it on you this is your fucking fault when i die in games it's your fault yes even in dark souls no <laughs> i can't say that yeah i had the uh a playstation turbo controller i still have it i don't know if the mm-hmm. uh if it still works but i don't recall ever using the turbo um i used it what little i used it um, I also liked it because it was a little is a little bigger than the other ones because of the extra stuff in it. Um, yeah. But what I used it mostly for was the memory buttons. You could actually put a button combination yes. in memory, and it yes, would play them that, out. Okay, we had the 360, but I think you had a program pad. Yeah, I don't know if that's what it's called, yes. but yeah, for the PlayStation, that's what I have. You had one for the Genesis. Did I? Either you or Andy. It, it was a. Him. It was a. Must have been a. It was, oh, Genesis program pro, pro pro program pad. Because again, I think we were using this for Street Fighter as well. We were trying to plug in. We were trying to plug in moves where we just make one button moves. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Pro Pad Six. God, that's a hideous controller. Wait, wait, no, no, no. Yes, the purple one, the pro, the yeah. pro game pad. Yeah, I remember that now. I I don't think that was mine. I think that was Andy's. But yeah, I that remember must have it. been Andy's as well. Yeah. Uh, for anybody that remember, Chris, it's always somebody's new episode. <laughs> when for anybody wondering who the fuck Andy is, you find out who this awesome gamer dude is. You know, speaking of which, I'd love to find that guy on Facebook. Yeah, I'd love to find Andy. If I just knew his last name, I could I could hunt him down. But. A long time ago, me and Chris used to get babysitted at our great aunt and uncle's house. They rented an extra room of theirs out to this guy. He was uh, had a lot of money, and he was a fucking video game nerd from, from hell. He had Genesis, PlayStation, tons of games, tons of magazines, and he let us play whatever the fuck we wanted to. So, yeah, he had he had an, and let us use this. I mean, it makes sense. He used to bring crates of shit out for us to play, so... But I remember us trying to get this thing programmed. We spent so much time programming like moves, and then we would pick a new character and have to program new moves <laughs> in. And we either had a game pro or a tips and tricks at hand, which had all the moves, and we were programming the moves in, and it just became more of a hassle than anything. I'm sure for people that play like Street Fighter repeatedly, this was a cool thing for them to have, but... For me and Chris being like, hey, let's just pop in Street Fighter for like 20 minutes and play it and move on to something else. It, 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 we didn't, we didn't get much fun out of it. I had it. I made it a point to buy my own a long time after that, or yeah, a long time after that for the Super Nintendo. I never really found much use for it either. 
I think I remember programming it to do the uh, Hadouken movement, and I'd use that whenever I would get the Hadouken in Mega Man X, just to make that easier, but... Yeah. That's about all the use I got out of it. Uh, the Power Glove is a is a is a much known peripheral yeah. for the for the Nintendo. I never had one. I I went to a friend, I think a friend of the family's house, whose son had one, and he didn't have any game that really used the pad because I mean the glove because the glove actually had games it was supposed to work with. There was some grabber game that there was actually a glove on the screen you could grab stuff with it and i think it worked with with punch out because that's what the commercials used to show but if you didn't have those it actually had a nintendo controller basically on the glove so imagine me going to somebody's house putting this glove on and being like wow this is rad (laughs) dude and then going to play it and be like oh i've got a gonna take the glove off and then hold it long ways and then the hand parts just flopping down and I'm just playing the game with a controller. So never really uh I mean it's cool. I get that they were doing something rad and far out, but I never had one and it didn't it's only a few games it really worked with. So I did also get to go to a friend's house that had Rob the Robot. Nintendo yeah. made a actual robot. Anybody that plays Smash Brothers, I think Melee and above knows what Rob is. <laughs> yeah. But again, it, it also only had a few games it worked with. I think there was Gyro Might and there was some stacker game. I don't know. But eh, I never had one. I played it at somebody's house and I went, cool. And then I played something else. And what, what about you, Chris? Um. So... How about um, kind of going back into the add-ons versus peripherals and stuff like that, but the uh, Rumble Pack for 64 and the expansion packs? I loved it, man. I don't know why. It was just a simple thing. It just added fucking rumbling to me, but I, Mm -hmm. I I mainly got kicks out of it when I was playing Star Fox. You know, when I would get hit. And I would see the the R wing shake, and then the controller would shake my hand. I like that. That worked. Now here's one that really I thought changed a lot of things was the PS2 hard drive. Yeah, that you actually plugged into the you're... expansion port. Uh, yeah, back. I mean that was required to play Final Fantasy XI. Um, yeah. So that's when I got it, and I was like, I didn't even know this was a thing until I knew until I found out I needed it. Um, and it was interesting, you know, going this, from the world of memory the, cards to hard drive. Exactly, that's what I was going to say. This this was the start of all right, guys. We're going, we're we're moving, we're kind of sort of moving away from you have this one memory card that has fifteen blocks on it. You didn't worry about size back in the day. You know, you didn't worry about how many megabytes that PlayStation 1 memory card had. Mm. You worried about how many slots yep. <laughs> does it take up. Which, now that we're older, you and I know that's their way of translating an actual megabyte size. Mm. But back then, they wanted to keep it simple, keep it easy, 
This game will take up one slot. This game will take up three. This will take up one. This will take up two. It was so now frustrating when a game took more than one. Because oh, it'd yes. fill up so fast. Oh, man. You remember the days of fucking swapping memory around. I mean, that's why I had I had stickers on all my memory cards for PlayStation. Okay, this is my Final Fantasy VII memory card. It only has Final Fantasy yeah. saves on it. Nothing else goes on this. If you do, you're a scumbag, you know? Uh, yep. I had an action memory card. I had an RPG memory card. I had a miscellaneous memory card. I had like four memory cards, and I had to keep them labeled. I remember... I definitely remember having one specifically labeled for RPGs. Mm. All my RPGs go on here. Did you ha- ever have one of the memory cards that actually had a button on it to where you could switch it and it was two and oh, one? You could switch it. Yes, it was two memory cards and yep. one. I still got How mine. How fucking innovative were we back in the day, bro? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I mean, uh, that, that, dude, that was, that was such an easy way for people to do marketing and money as mm-hmm. well because... You got, here's one memory card. Here's a memory card that will act, it will get just two memory cards in one. We'll give you double the memory card space. Yep, here's your blue memory oh, card. Man. Here's your purple memory card. I know my favorite memory card was the blue clear one because it just looked so cool. Yes! I remember that one. <laughs> uh, and I used to remember there were, there were, there were memory card stickers. That would come yes. in some magazines. Yes. I, I think PSM used to have some. The I super tiny remember. Ha- yep. I definitely remember having Final Fantasy VII memory card stickers. Mm-hmm. What an age we come <laughs> from, man. Uh, I'm going to loop this. I'm going to lump this whole. I'm going to lump all these into one big chunk okay. and say that we're going to save this for an episode one day. We're going to talk about cheating. But okay. let's not forget, you got Game Shark. Yeah. Game Genie, Pro Action Replay, basically fucking modding and chipping your console. The list goes on. We're gonna talk about all that in one day. We're gonna we're gonna put our fucking gloves up on the cheating talk. But yes, there were lots of peripherals and different what CDs attachments etc. to let you cheat. Uh, I remember having the Game Genie for the Nintendo. You slide it on top of your Nintendo con- con- yep. uh, game. You slide in your game. The game, it sticks out about four inches, etc. Super Nintendo sticks on top, yada, yada. We're all, we'll have a big old talk about the, the, the cheating stuff another day. Those were definitely, yeah. those were definitely a thing. Remember the, uh, the, the PlayStation one? It actually if, went on the back. Depending on what, yeah, it went to the back to that port that they put there, but, Never really got used, but that Game Shark <laughs> used it though. Oh yes, I cheated, and I I played through Final Fantasy VII legit, but I also cheated like crazy at that game. Yeah, I yeah. start out, yeah. you know, with the max experience, so you level up to like sixty after the first fight or something like that, or thirty six, something like that. Chris, you don't remember the Game Shark code to to bring Eris back to life? Is A B one seven six X Y F R R nine two nine. Uh, Seven. <laughs> um. So I've got another one for you, and this is a true peripheral. Okay. What about the Rock Band and Guitar Hero controllers? Oh, good. Oh. Full disclosure, bruh. I got all up into that. <laughs> I, have, I I did. I I didn't go as I didn't go as far as Rock Band. Let me let me, let me specify okay. this. I had. Guitar Hero 1, 2, I think it was 1, 2, and 3. Crucify me if I'm wrong. But I had 1, 2, and 3 for the PlayStation 2, and I I, ha- I had two guitars. 
I also had like two or three or three or four different PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 Dance Dance Revolution games, and I had two DDR pads. However, those only lasted about a year apiece, and they were eventually <laughs> traded in, and I never went back. Now, I do remember going to a friend's house who had the entire rock band set up. He had, it, you know, the two guitars, the drum set, and the mic. Yeah, I only and, had I mean, one I, guitar, but I had the drum set. I don't think yeah. I had the mic. Yeah. But, I mean, again, in, in a party scenario, sure it was fun, mm-hmm. but I didn't master those games. I did not Zelda Breath of the Wild those games. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't Final Fantasy VII those games. I played them, had fun with, you know, me and the girl I was seeing at the time or whatever, or and if I had some friends over, it was kind of cool, but... Not because it just, it was cool that it became unpopular. It just became unpopular, period. It just got old and I was like, I'm done with it. Yeah. The sad thing for me is, is one, I, I, again, I never exported those games, so I never got better. I played all of them on normal and I mean, they were cool. You got to unlock more songs and whatnot, but Mm -hmm. there was nothing really there unless you wanted to increase the difficulty. And I always told myself, if I'm going to get this good at Guitar Hero, I will actually just go play a guitar and get better at that. And second, when I would go to the friend's house that had fucking uh, uh, Guitar World or whatever, uh, they always wanted me to sing because I like to sing, <laughs> but I didn't know the words to most of the songs. They're like, yeah, you should go ahead. I'm like, I don't know the words, so I'm going to fuck it up. And all I did was fuck it up. Had fun playing the drums, though. But again, it just... They never stuck. Same thing with DDR. I mean, DDR was fun. Yeah, I only played it in the arcade. Actually, yeah, I was gonna. I was. I was totally on board with the whole let's use DDR as like a workout thing mm-hmm. for a little while. That lasted about a month and a half, and I was like, eh, I'm good. Yeah, I. And they just kind of faded from my life. I had a friend who actually set up, you know, his DDR pad, and I know of others who put, you know, plywood below them and stuff because they were soft mats. So unless you had mm-hmm. a hardwood floor. It didn't work too well. Um, but yeah. they'd basically build their own platform, like in the arcade, to play on at home because, you know, that's what they wanted to do. Um, but I actually had a routine for a while when I worked at a little restaurant uh, that some friends of the family owned. Um, after I'd get off, 9 o'clock at night or whatever it was on a Friday night, I'd go down to the casino, to their arcade, along with some of my friends, and we just played DDR for a couple of hours, and that was, you know, our routine for several months. Yeah. Like I said, it, it it's fun, and it has its place in a life if you're a gamer, but just for me, it just didn't stick. Mm-hmm. It was fun for a while, and then it left my life. Yeah, and I've been actually seeing things lately about how it just kind of died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing uh GameStops and other and other gaming places just having mountains of these guitars, you know, for sale and people were trading them in and they're like, Yeah, you're we're literally gonna give you like four cents. Yeah. We I've still got mine. wants these. <laughs> um, and one of the guitars was bigger than the other, so I preferred it. Um, yeah. though I had issues Something about the buttons. I, I had a hard time once it got involved with like using the pinky or something like that. It's really annoying. Yeah. Um, so I I could play decently, but once I got into the hard songs, it's like okay, I'm not having fun anymore. Yeah. 
I think in my life, I've had uh, one racing wheel. I don't even know. I think I might have bought it for like Gran Turismo 5 for the PlayStation 2. Mm-hmm. But, again, I'm not a big racing guy, so it uh, didn't, didn't last. I, I actually, did have more. Go ahead. I actually got rid of my racing wheel and the little paddle. I had the gas pedal, too. Yeah, um, yeah. Sorry, I, I had that, too. I had a gas and a brake pedal. Yeah, I actually got rid of mine two years ago or so because it's just been sitting yeah. out in storage and stuff. I think I got rid of it. Now, I'll, I'll definitely tell you now, audience, if you're remotely interested in racing, you can get this shit set up. I mean, they have really good racing wheels. You can buy them with a shifter, a gas pedal, a clutch, brake, oh, yeah. the whole nine yards. There are people that have made like little custom cabinets. You can... There, there are people that have spent like maybe $150 at Ikea and just made like a little makeshift piecemeal racing cabinet and then put these awesome race, uh, race wheels and peripherals in it with a really good monitor. And I mean, I could, I could, I could get into that. Have you That's seen actually a the really good experience. Airplane flying ones where no. people literally set up cockpits. With a computer wow. screen and a joystick and buttons and stuff to where it is uh. a lot like sitting in, you know, a cabin uh, or a cockpit, rather. I mean, those are basically flight simulators, Chris. Come on. Well, yeah. I mean, and that's what I'm saying. They essentially <laughs> put fl- flight simulators in their house, you know, with this yeah. third party stuff um, just customized. It's pretty insane. Some of the setups people do. Now, what I do remember that was kind of like that, and I never got it, but I wanted to because I love mech games. Oh, yeah, I'm talking about Steel Battalion for the Xbox. That huge fucking, what was it, like 40-something button mech controller. Holy shit. Apparently, holy crap. number one, I didn't have the money for this thing, so I didn't get it. But I hear the actual game itself was kind of mediocre, so I never got it. If this could be done today and done better, oh man. If I if there is a awesome mech game, number 1, we need that. If uh, if anybody has any mech games you want to recommend, let me know. But if we had a really awesome mech game and then a just br- bring back the huge mech controller to, to feel like you're in the fucking pilot seat of a mech, oh, I'm all over that. There are actually I Googled it to look at it because I don't remember what it looks like. And there are people using it for other games. Um, yeah. The one I'm looking at now, it's set up for Star Citizen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you're flying around in space using it. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another one for Kerbal Space Program, which is interesting. Not what I'd imagine using it for, but... Yeah. Just a really quick... Uh... What do you follow Star Citizen, Chris? No. Are you into it? You know about no, it? I know about it, but no, I don't. Gotcha. I don't care about it. Um. Well, you're a heartless person, then. That's understandable. <laughs> I'll care about it once yes. the full game's released. Hey. <laughs> Until then, I don't care. Yeah. Now we've talked a lot about uh, reminiscing about peripherals that have been around Mm -hmm. uh but chris brought up a very interesting point 
that, and this makes total sense. I want you to talk about this for a minute, get this topic going before we head out for the night. If you think about it, with 3D gaming, we're specifically talking like VR, like Oculus and and yeah. that sort of thing. Technically, you can call all that peripheral. Yep. I would, yeah, I mean, they've got, yeah, they've got augmented reality and VR headsets for different consoles that are either coming out or are out. So sure, that's where all this is going. So what do you think about all this? I, so the little I saw about augmented reality was the Minecraft demo at an E3 or something like that. Um, it looked interesting, but Minecraft is not something I would care about augmented reality with. I don't think that was a good example of showcasing the technology. Um, but VR has a lot of potential. Um, with the, I know they're doing Skyrim in VR, I believe. And God, what was the other big one lately in VR? Um, I'll try to think of it, maybe Google it in a minute. But having, being able to walk around a world like Skyrim or one of these other RPGs. Doom? Is Doom? Doom VR? Doom, yeah, Doom VR as well. Uh, I think yeah. the biggest issue with it is the movement. Um, and you mm-hmm. talked about it before some where, okay, you're controlling the movement with the, you know, joystick on the controller, but you're still looking around with the headset and it's tracking your vision and all that. Uh, right. What I've seen and what I would really like to see actually be well done and affordable, though I don't see it being affordable, but they could do it really well is one of those motion pads that you walk on and it can rotate in any direction. It's like a treadmill that can go in any direction. Mm -hmm. So you can literally walk and it will move the pad with you. So you're like walking on a treadmill and then you're moving in the game too. That I think is the ultimate combination of VR and movement controls because you're literally moving in the real world and the game world. Um, now, like I said, that's not something that'd be easily done in the home, uh, at least not affordable to be well done. Um, yeah. But I don't like the games that have the little teleport thing. You point where you want to go and hit the button to teleport. I think that's a yeah. cheap cop out. I would much yeah. rather just see them use the joystick. Just yeah. suck it up, use the joystick. Don't try doing this quote unquote creative stuff, which it isn't, isn't even really creative. Um, mm-hmm and come up with something but i think short of a full body thing you're kind of stuck with what you've got yeah the the vr seems like the, that's about the the max of what we've got today i i don't really think of what peripherals we even have for consoles today outside of like custom controllers you know i mean i would argue that the switch itself is now a peripheral <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's now <laughs> as soon a as you pick that bad thing, boy yeah. up and go. It's a peripheral. Yeah, um, the Wii U had the screen controller thing. That's not really a true yeah. peripheral, but it is at the same time if we're lumping controllers in. Um, but having that second screen, which is actually fairly useful if done right, and a lot of games do use it right. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think, the I think it's. 
I think it's just the fact that they've learned lessons over time. Again, if you look back at old things like the Power Glove, mm. like Rob the Robot, etc., or even like, even even Duck Hunt, or I mean the Zapper, yeah, they they and they were awesome. Even just from a a kid's man, you open a box and you got a fucking robot that connects to your Nintendo. Just from a kid's factor, you know that's going to be cool to you. Now, when you finally figure out there's only three, four, five, even ten games, whatever, that, that plays this, and you've only got one or two, that's going to lose its luster. So I think maybe just over time they've learned that, you know, we don't want to make these things. They, they learned this lesson a long time ago, really. But we don't want to make these things that they're not going to, we're not going to get the maximum potential out of this. So instead, they'll make a console that has a feature Almost every game, and that's always better, right? Because then yeah. we get motion control. And then, oh wait, <laughs> shit, shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think though. You know, there's. I'm looking around at the consoles, and I, outside of controllers, I don't really have any peripherals. I mean, and they they've been doing a pretty good job of controllers you know the xbox the xbox one i think had a was it the xbox one elite controller yeah i want one of those yeah oh me too <laughs> me too just to fucking say i have one the steam had a steam controller yeah. that the biggest selling point of that thing was the ultimate customization i mean you could you could, 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 could you customize that thing any way you want to but apparently it's not that good, so it didn't really go anywhere. Yeah, the Elite, one of the things I really want it for is because it has the paddles on the back, and you can yes. map those to any button you want. Yeah. So you now have an alternative way to pressing two buttons, um, and they're, yep. you have a little thing you can program them at will. Um, yeah. I don't know how much of a process it is, but it seems like you just open an app on the Xbox, and it configures you know, it. Th- there's a couple things we haven't talked about on the older, slightly older consoles. Was the Connect? The, the That's a uh, peripheral. God. Oh, <laughs> and that you hear that, folks? Did you hear that? That's why we didn't talk about it. I was so happy. I was ecstatic even when I was able to buy an Xbox One that did not come with that. Because yeah. for a while they were originally releasing it where you did not have a choice. It was a hundred mm-hmm. bucks more than what they it cost afterwards. And you got it. You there yeah. literally was not a version that did not have the connect. But fortunately enough, yeah. people didn't like that. That they go, okay, you can get the version without the connect. That's fine. It's all it's just. Oh, I didn't. I have yet to see anything about any of that 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 would that interest me. And I, you know what? That's that kind of goes to the X, the uh, PlayStation Eye toy or whatever. I just yeah, it was nothing ever really appealed to me. Yeah, uh, I, it it has potential, but it just it ended up having too much of a creepy factor to it as well. Yeah, um, it just seemed too awkward. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's, I guess there's other peripherals. I mean, there's, there's always like USB extensions for like the PS4. I actually had, uh, the PS2. I had a keyboard that I, <gasps> yes. I could plug into the PS2. And I know the other yes, consoles have that now, but the PS2 was the first one I did it with. Hey, Chris, why'd you have that? Final Fantasy XI. Yep. Same here. 
<laughs> oh, man. Um, uh, you know, one that I never... Okay, there's... Oh, God. This brings back some memories. Okay. There is a PlayStation 1... I had to find this. The PS1 is some kind of glove-style controller. I had this thing. Oh, man. I don't. I think because of the cool factor of it, I guess. One-handed video game controller. Yes, it was this one. It was called the. I don't want to see a video. Stop playing a video, please. <laughs> the the glove. If you uh, for for the guys and gals uh, listening, you can type in PlayStation uh, One. Yeah. The glove. I bought that from somewhere. Uh, it wasn't a GameStop. This is some other like video game place. They had one, and I spent what was probably in my money back in the day was a good bit of money. So happy to get this thing home and play it, Chris. This is a piece of fucking shit. <laughs> I tried this on multiple games, on multiple styles of games, and it was fucking retarded. It didn't. I didn't control. People, a lot of people said it, it hurt their wrist because you use the take your hand, stick it straight out. Okay. Push your hand up, push your hand down, move it left, move it right. You do that enough, your wrist is going to hurt. Yeah. That's how you control the left and right and up and down movement. Oh. I said, oh, it sucks for y'all. I didn't play with this shit long enough for it to hurt my <laughs> hands. It was garbage. It just... I. I'm uh, sure if I spent many, 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 many days and hours, I could probably get this down to make it where I control things averagely, but it was, no, it was garbage. So, I had that. Huh. There was, there was that glove, and then, this is, this is how far down the hole I went before I finally just caved in. There was an adapter that you could hook up, and it had, a it was like it was a, it was a peripheral that you could hook up to your PC via USB and you had it in your hand and it would let you use the mouse as a full controller if that makes any sense i don't remember what it was called but it fit like over and in your hand and you controlled it and you can move the mouse. You're moving it around, and it was acting like a mouse. It was. Oh, I never, I never, I never used it. I never bought it. I just what I now what I have done to this day. This is probably going to be some more crucifixion on my part. Is most of the games that I play on Steam and most of the games that I play on my PC. Period. I still play with the Xbox controller. Yeah. Specifically, I play with an Xbox One controller wireless controller the only games that i play with a mouse and keyboard are uh usually rts's oh yeah so yeah, absolutely it, i mean i i get it i understand the precision i get like especially for first person mm -hmm. shooters yes if i play battlefield 3 right now on my pc i would play with a controller man i can hear it chris i can hear him now yeah. you're right <sighs> I, I'm but right there with you, though. And it's, I've always done it. I love Destiny 2, and a lot of my friends are playing it on PC. But I I played the beta on PC. I did not like the mm. controls on keyboard. Um, yeah. I was like, if I play this on PC, I'm just going to end up using an Xbox controller. So it's going to be just like I'm playing Xbox. 
except I'm going to be playing against people using keyboard and mice that are going to just destroy me. Um, yep. So I'm, why would I do that? Uh, it, it's not fun at that point. But I, I've tried to get better about at least trying to use keyboard and mouse because I understand the ways it's better. But mm-hmm. if it's not comfortable, if the controls aren't well done, it I'm just not going to do it. Um, yep. I don't like playing certain types of RPGs with keyboard and mouse. Typically, mm-hmm. they're not too bad, but any kind of world movement, I like having the controller. Yeah. I remember what this was. I want to I pull this back real quick and okay. get this get this specified before... Because I know that was confusing what I was saying. What this stemmed back to was... what, And this was only on the Call of Duty error, because I sucked so bad at Call of Duty. <laughs> I got tired of sucking... And everybody always told me the reason why you're sucking is because you're playing on the controller. You're playing on the 360. You should be playing these games on a PC with a mouse and keyboard. Yeah. So I found a peripheral that it was a mouse and slash keyboard style thing for your Xbox 360. On your In your right hand, you had a mouse. And the left hand had almost kind of like a keyboard. And it had a analog stick as well and some buttons as well. So it was pseudo mouse and keyboard mm-hmm. you would have the precision of your mouse was the key point yeah. but i never bought it i never get into it i just moved on and when i played started playing battlefield 3 and all and all the other first person shooters i ever played on the computer i still played them with a controller <laughs> i'm sure i could teach myself to play i'm sure i could wean myself off but do i want to no I've never had the inclination to. I believe I actually read an article, and I don't know how much truth there is to it, but I believe it said something about Destiny 2. Um, I think it was Destiny 2. It might have been another FPS. But it actually now supported mouse and keyboard on the Xbox One. Yeah. So you could plug it into the USB ports, because they're just standard USB ports now. You could literally yeah. plug them in and use mouse and keyboard on the game. Yep. So like, Okay. So now we've gone from, you know, playing PC games with a controller to playing console games with the keyboard and mouse. Yep. <laughs> and I, if anybody ever wonders why I use an Xbox One, I used to use an Xbox 360. Why did you use an Xbox 360, not a PS3 or a PS4 controller? Uh, I actually started this whole entire thing years ago with trying to use a PlayStation 3 wireless controller on my computer, but the the drivers, the X input or whatever, whatever setup I had to do to do it, it was just too convoluted. It was just too much shit. I'm sure today it's much easier, but back it's then it was too not, much shit. Not for PS3. Yeah. Um, what I actually yeah. used, my main... PC controller is actually a PS2 controller um, using a adapter. Uh, mm-hmm. It's this little, and I've bought several of them over the year. Over the yeah, years. me too. I, I that was another problem. I had to buy too many of them because it didn't seem like money, some of them were working. So oh, mine, mine aren't work. negative reasons for buying more. It's positive. I had mine. Mm-hmm. I had to get one for her computer, and nah. I got one for when I was traveling or something to go on the laptop. Gotcha. I love mm-hmm. them. I've never had one go bad or anything like that. And I have yeah. never had to install a driver for it to work. Um, mm-hmm. So now there are certain games that won't 
recognize the analog because of the way the PS2 stuff works. So I've heard that the PS4 controllers are much better about it. Yeah. I might actually open up my uh, PS4 Pro that I'm getting for Christmas early because it arrived today. Um, I might actually open it up and get the controller just to test it on the PC and see what it's like. Um, yeah. Because I heard it was seamless just like the Xbox One is now. And yeah, just like you, just what you said. That's the reason why I use an Xbox One controller. I spent like fifteen bucks and got the Xbox One wireless adapter. Put it in. I turned it on. I synced the two. Windows was like, "Give me a second. Ding, it's on. So now all I got to do is turn my controller on, pick whatever fucking game I want. It automatically syncs to it. It automatically knows it's there. It sets that as a default controller setup." And when I'm done playing, I just turn it off. Yeah. That easy. No muss, no fuss. I just wish I... I'm actually at the point where I wish I had more Xbox One controllers because I hate desyncing from the Xbox One and putting on my PC and going back. Um, yeah. Because we I have, had to do that. And the other thing I say I wish we had more, we have four controllers. Oh, wow. I have, we have one hooked up to the kids' Xbox One right now. The There's normally two because, you know, two kids, two controllers. But yeah. I actually took my daughter's controller and use it on my Xbox one because both of mine were dead one day. So right now all three wow. of the, I have three controllers on my Xbox one right now, but um, I like to keep two of them. One's my halo edition. So of course I'm going to use it as my primary. And then I have the other one because I'm lazy about recharging. So yeah. there was a, there was a point that I had, to, Oh, what, what, what do you use? Do you, do you use a recharger kit or do you use rechargeable batteries? Um, so I use rechargeable batteries. Me too. So I just plug it in. Um, the controller into the USB thing. I did it on 360 oh, as well. I have actual like actual rechargeable batteries. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 like like 30 double A's yeah. and 20. AA's I have literally the battery packs that go charger. in that are rechargeable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, that's kind of how it was for me too. With with so many controllers back when it used to be the Xbox 360 controller I used, mm-hmm. I had one for my PC. I had one for my 360, she had one for her 360, and we had one for a backup, just for whatever reason. Yeah. Same thing with Wii, like uh, we had four Wii, four Wiimotes, four Wii nunchucks. Yeah, if I get a Elite controller, I'd probably put that on Xbox One and take one of the, not my Halo Edition, but my other one. Or maybe the Halo Edition mm-hmm. can go on my PC, Yeah. and then I'll use the Elite you know, on the console. I'll tell you what, I will take a quick second to make a shout-out to a couple Wii peripherals that are actually really good. One, as I said, I'm not a racer. I don't like racing Please games. Don't say I do wheel. like... Oh, no. Okay, uh. well, so Chris just shot my face off, so I'm not going to talk <laughs> about that one. Um, nah, go yeah, ahead. Fuck you, because I don't like... I, I, I like racing, and I try, I try to use the actual motion control when I'm racing in Mario Kart. I fucking suck at it. I bought a couple of the wheels. I bought one for me and for her. And we both can use the racing wheel. It's now if we're talking about the same one, it's the one. It's a wheel, and you just shove your Wii yeah. into it. Yeah, I, it's I, I'm better, the opposite. But I cannot steer with that controller, with it inside well, the wheel. You just, you just, you just have problems. Yeah, I just suck. Too, I mean, I don't know. You just suck. Um, and, and again, I'm I'm only praising because those, as far as motion control and if I'm specifically talking about Mario Kart, specifically talking about that racing yeah. wheel, and specifically talking about using the motion control in that game, it worked better for me. But when I'm playing that game, I don't use motion control. I use a controller. Second, 
random friend's house a long time ago. If you ever want to have a good party time, if we're talking about the guitar hero style, have some friends over, woo, have fun, play games. Get them. They have a House of the Dead. I want to say it's a trilogy, or it might be just one and two. I don't remember. But I specifically remember playing House of the Dead 2 at a friend's house, and he had two of these kick-ass fucking shotgun Wii guns. Like, you could, you like, cock the gun and everything. It's, I fucking had a blast with that. It had force feedback when you shot. Huh. For a Wii game, it brought back House of the Dead 2 like nobody's business. Yeah, I don't think, peripheral. I think I heard of that, but I don't think I ever, uh, used one. Had a good time with it. So, yeah, I mean, you know, like we said, as far as peripherals today and where they're going, I mean, I agree. I think VR and augmented stuff, mainly VR with headsets and, and, and the like, that's that's pretty much where peripherals are going. They've, uh, you'll see some knockoff companies that will give you, that will offer different things, but they typically roll into the controller area. It's, it's, a, it's a racing wheel. It's a, it's a controller, a joystick or whatever. Uh... Hell, there's even the little fucking you, the little game freak pads that you could. They were like attachments to the Xbox 360 uh, joysticks. They basically extended them to make controlling easier. Yeah, they never work. Mm. But yeah, yeah, I think VR is the way it's going. And I guess I don't know if we've had our VR discussion or not. We may have, but that's gonna be a topic for another day. We'll see where that's going. It's got potential, but. We'll see. Um, I think that's it, man. I think it's going to do it for tonight, man. I think, I think we're going to wrap it up. Yep. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the End of Time podcast. Uh, you can send us some feedback on any memories you have on peripherals, any, any ones that we've forgotten, ones that were. What was your favorite peripheral that you had? Did you have any peripherals? God, you may be young enough to where you didn't have any. Or anything we talked about today. Tell us how much you hate Black Flag because it's actually a piece of shit game. Uh, you can send us an email. You can tell Chris is not listening. <laughs> send us an email. All right. Either Chris is not listening or he's not going to dignify that. One of the two. Uh, you can send us an email at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny spelling or numbers in there, just as it is. You can find our Facebook page, probably how you find us today. Send us a message, put a post on the wall, whatever you want to do, get in contact with us. we got a Twitter page. Somebody will tweet me eventually. <laughs> Many ways to get a hold of us. Let us know your feedback. We would love to hear your feedback. I'm pretty sure at this stage of the development cycle of the end of Timecast, you're probably going to get it read. We did have a suggested topic. I can't exactly tell you the source. It's kind of a, it's kind of a secret source. Um, made a made a suggestion for a topic. I wasn't going to point it out because they did not, they did not actually put it on uh, an email or a message or anything. They just kind of sent it to me in a in a, in a, in a text message. <laughs> I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find it real quick. It was, uh, well, I guess I can't. Oh, you know what? He may have sent it through a Facebook message. Maybe I'll find it there. I'm trying my best to get your message read because nobody ever emails us. <laughs> it's a sad thing. I mean, we we still have a small audience, so, Chris, you know how it is. It's, we're not, 
we're not exactly the largest thing out there. Mm-hmm. They'll come to us. But again, if if it ever makes you think about messaging us at this stage, you're probably going to get it read. Question, comment, whatever. Suggest a topic. Games where you artificially increase the difficulty to extend the gameplay. That has positive and negative annotations, mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. It could be where I'm not liking this game, let me jack the difficulty up to make it more engaging to me. Or it's this game is fucking easy, I'm about to roll it in five minutes, let me jump the difficulty up uh, to make it longer. I'll tell you this, somebody uh, suggested this to me a long time ago, just start every game on hard. You know, I actually have seen a lot of streamers. That's what they do. They start out on hard because that's going to give the best overall experience for their viewers. Um, Yeah. Depending on the game, of course. But, yeah. And if if you're an average, if you've been playing games for a while, I mean, it's not going to be that way out of your league. And, And a lot of games today have it to where, hey, are you getting your shit kicked in? Go ahead and kick it back yeah. a notch. Oh, you beat this boss? Go ahead and kick it back up to where you had it. You know. Yeah. So we'll 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 throw that top again sometime, Adam. We oh shit, <laughs> shit! I said his name. Shit. So all right, guys, that's gonna be it for tonight. Thanks for listening. Send us some feedback. We love to hear from you. We love you. Big kisses and hugs. Big big kisses. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Good night, everybody.